0: Hey folks, welcome to a podcast about Catholic things. This is Eric, the Ambassador of Common Sense, and I'm here with
1: Dan, the Ambassador of Nonsense. Welcome everyone back We're, to more nonsense.
0: Yeah, lots of nonsense. We're jumping back into that. We we committed to uh, doing a deep dive on Francis's uh, letter to to all of us to the laity. Which was his, I don't know, his explanation, his excuse for the motu proprio that uh, (laughs) restricted the Latin mass.
1: You know what this reminds me of? Uh, Speaking of nonsense, you remember um, a project that that we kind of conceived of. We never quite followed through on it. But it was a book that we were going to write that was... um, had the appearance of all seriousness of helping people to prove that the Earth was flat. Oh, yeah. And all these experiments you could do. But every single experiment that we had in the book would, of course, end with the result that the Earth is not flat. But we would never even hint within the book that we knew that was the case. Right. That's what this reminds me of.
0: It it does. It's weird. I mean, there's there's things in here I I don't agree with, but it's not things... Those things, as you said last week, aren't things that would, uh, aren't part of his argument, really.
1: Yeah, it's just kind of the rambling of a, I don't know, an old man or something.
0: When he does actually try to make an argument for what he did, then the argument spells out that he shouldn't have done that, and that what he really ought to do is just eliminate the Novus Ordo altogether. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, It's so weird trying to read this. And you know another thing is this man is hard to read. <laughs> I, I mean yeah. really hard.
1: Not like Benedict Sixteenth, huh?
0: Right. I mean, look, when you start reading a sentence, you have to keep you have to keep in your mind kind of a... a it's hard to keep track of what the sentence is doing because it goes in several directions and it's like he... He sat there with a thesaurus night after night trying to find the most uh the least used words in the English language. I don't know what the Latin is like for this. Like
1: maybe it's Yeah, did did he compose it in Latin or do you think he composed it in Italian?
0: Yeah, that's that's a good question because um maybe these are common words and maybe this is his bureaucracy Trying to make it sound intelligent by just adding lots and lots and lots of words, and that's why this is so badly written. So that uh, I mean, know, that's a was, good. That's I don't think about if it wasn't
1: composed period. in Latin. One of the things it, it if um, it's kind of a, a couple of my sons together are, are sort of taking on the project of of wanting to learn Latin, and there's a marked difference between. Uh, like ancient Roman Latin, like the 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 orders like Cicero um, or the writers like like Julius Caesar and um, and those guys, versus the kinds of kind of Latin that was used, say, in the church by the time Saint Jerome was was writing the the Vulgate and stuff like that. And um, the old Roman Latin, was very much like this. It was it was twisty-turny in its sentence structures. A single yeah. sentence would ramble on forever, like a paragraph's worth. And, and it would be... You know how in English, even, sometimes you write a paragraph, and you'll say something, and then you'll go through the whole paragraph, supporting it, describing it, uh, maybe giving a couple of implications. And then, at the end of the paragraph, you might wrap up what you said... By almost repeating what your beginning of the paragraph was. Yeah. Well, in this ancient Latin writing style, sentences were like that in many cases. Uh, that's how twisty turny it was, and I, it, it's almost like he's trying to imitate that in some cases.
0: That could be. It's like if if I said uh, if I said something like for if anyone like myself and. Even any member of mankind truly desired those baked or fried snack foods originating in Ohio and traveling throughout the globe, then it would truly benefit me. In fact, most would call it dare call it uh, necessary that my body leaves the relaxed state it finds itself in and rises <laughs> up and begins a repetitious motion. You've already
1: lost Putting
0: me. one forward. <laughs> in front of the other, until that motion had caused my body to reach the place where those crispy spuds could be had. <laughs> or I could just say, if I want potatoes, i got to get up and get them myself.
1: I was going to say, you lost me. Where, where the heck is that sentence going? <laughs> yeah, and a lot of this is like this.
0: It's like, why is he saying this?
1: <laughs> this could be said
0: in ten words and instead he uses a hundred. And it's just yeah. <laughs> so much of it is like that that it's, it's very difficult to to start a sentence and try to even get a sense of what he's saying.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's so you, you, some either of these poorly written re-read. or
0: poorly translated.
1: You gotta reread the whole sentence three or four times in some of these cases. Sometimes even more.
0: Yeah. I even like to the point where I got to kind of diagram it. Okay, what?
1: Yeah, good this thing we were subject. forced to learn how to do that.
0: Here's the predicate. Here's fifteen direct objects. Um, yeah, it's bad. And again, this could be his translator, maybe not. And
1: him. here's the compound, complex, dependent clause.
0: Yeah, yeah, over and over again, and but here's uh, a part that what you don't know or what I'm talking to the audience now what they don't know mm-hmm. is that these these next two podcasts I think we're going to do this one and then one more um, talking about this document is going yeah, to, to be put it. into a book which we're going to publish which is just a, the answer paragraph by paragraph to this idiotic statement that Pope Francis gave us, um, it's going to be the layman's answer to it, full of just common sense and easy to read responses. Um, and for for most of uh, for most of it to read our responses, you won't have to have read Pope Francis's rambling statements. You know,
1: but we invite you to. We're not like people yeah. who say you don't you don't have to read it; just read what we say. Right, I mean, we're, we're, we're gonna, not like trying to hide anything. It's, it's going to be his text right there with it.
0: Yeah, we'll have it right there, and you can see it, and you can see why we're saying what we're saying, um, and it will make more sense. And uh, we'll try to make it easier to read as much as we can. But that's that will happen probably within the next month because I'm I'm getting wow, pretty.
1: You're moving fast on that, aren't you? Yeah,
0: I'm moving pretty fast on it.
1: All right, excited. So.
0: Um, Oh, before we do, last week, I mentioned this um, site that you can go to and enter in words and an AI machine will give you a picture. It's pretty low resolution, but there's really weird pictures that it makes. Um, And I am, the URL is kind of odd. So, I'm not even going to try to say the URL and spell it out um, on the podcast, but I have the link. It will be in the show notes. I think I also put it in last week's show notes so that people can reach it. And from here on in, you know, when we publish a podcast, I put some kind of picture that's relevant to the subject. Oh, no. Um, I'm going to start doing AI pictures.
1: <laughs> um well you know what we here's the thing do, do you have to uh, do you have to give uh, attribution
0: not that I know of I might I probably will though
1: yeah we could just say in it's, fact the attribution can be the words and everybody is supposed to understand these are the words we use to generate the picture yeah <laughs>
0: yeah and I, I mean it's it's fun to play around once once you sit there and start playing with it you can lose a lot of time. Because when you give it the words, it takes about, I don't know, half a minute for it to come up with the pictures. And then it gives you like, uh, let's see, it gives you about 12 pictures, I think. And, you know, it's neat. Like, it's weird because I today I put in Nova Sordo. Mm-hmm. You should see the grotesque pictures that it gave me. And then well, I you put, know,
1: Novus Ordo is—I mean, we use it in reference to the mass, but but before that, it was part of the phrase Novus Ordo Cyclorum, new order of time, which is kind of like the the new world order. Okay, phrase. but
0: it showed me a, a mass. It showed me a mass. Oh, it showed mass. you mass, mass. Yeah. Oh, It okay. just made them really ugly. Really, well, um,
1: <laughs> they are. <laughs> part of that
0: is because it it draws faces. But all of the faces are really ugly. But mm-hmm. when I typed in Tridentine Mass uh, or traditional Latin Mass, I think is what I typed in. Uh, it was not so ugly at all. Huh. Interesting. So I'm so probably going to use AI those with pictures. a little bit of sense. Yeah. For uh, for this today's podcast, I'll probably use one from each of those sets to yeah. show. Okay. What kind of things it does, but uh, I promised we would talk about that, so I talked about it. Okay, back to this document. Uh, you 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 say it because I can't even say this.
1: <laughs> Des- Desider- Desiderio, desideravi. <laughs> That's it. We've decided uh...
0: the best translation that is I earnestly desire because it's the yeah. opening words for Jesus's sentence when he says, "I." wanted to have this supper with you guys for some time. Um, and on paragraph 21, um, let's see, I've got a comment here halfway through. Mm-hmm. He says, we must be careful for the antidote of the liturgy to be effective. We are required every day to rediscover the beauty of the truth of the Christian celebration. Um,
1: Strictly, I don't buy that.
0: No, it's not true at all.
1: I mean, mean, that sentence by itself is bogus.
0: (laughs) It's effective with or without our discovery of it and with or without our understanding of it.
1: Of the beauty, right. That's, you know, we we need to know the the truth that this is Jesus's body and blood and we're receiving it. And the fact that it's Jesus's body and blood is what makes it effective. And all we need in order for it to be effective for us is to be in a state of grace when we attend mass.
0: Yeah, here's the thing. But the changes, the Novus Ordo, since that's been forced on us, um, this there's been less and less discovery because oh, yeah. so
1: people many people have
0: lost their sense of awe and it's sense. like an
1: anti-discovery. Yeah, not only and, have they lost their sense of awe, they've lost even a belief in what they should be in awe of.
0: Yeah, I mean they've stopped believing
1: in the real presence at all. The transubstantiation
0: don't even believe in the real presence. So
1: the real and, and not only the real presence of Christ's body and blood in the host that we receive, but in the real presence of the sacrifice of the cross, right there with you. You're you're being transported to that, as it were, in the mass. People have completely lost that. So the new mass has been an and, and anti-discovery. I don't know how if there's a yep. word for that.
0: Yeah. Um, and uh, let's see. We get later to uh, um, revealed to us and given in his Paschal ministry rendered present and active by means of signs addressed to the senses: water, oil, bread, wine, gestures, words, so that the Spirit plunging into the Paschal mystery might. Transform every dimension of our life, conforming us more and more to Christ. That's, and, I, I mean, I
1: could, I can, I can take that and make it into a valid point. I, I guess that's what I could say about that because the, the idea is that you go to mass, the, you know, the Catholic faith is a, um, how can I say, an earthy faith. We deal with real things. We're not, uh, we're not like, mentalists we don't get around and and to practice our faith sit around and and close our eyes and block out the outside world and 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 hum a bunch of ohms and and that kind of stuff and you know we see that Jesus used bread yeah. and wine real things and that mass receiving him as a real thing into our bodies our real bodies his real flesh into our real body is supposed to then transform every part of our lives Yeah, sure, I can see that. I think it's a little bit weird the way he states it here, though.
0: Yeah. Um, Paragraph 22, the continual discovery of the liturgy is not the search for a ritualistic aesthetic which is content only by careful exterior observance of a rite or is satisfied by scrupulous observation of the rubrics. Okay, but um the ritual aesthetic and the Rubiks help the observer to this discovery they they yeah. may it kind of practically you know, force him to it
1: there's there's a um t- uh, programming technology uh the, a language that's that's called ruby um i've not programmed in it so i don't really know a whole lot about it um but it is used frequently or it has been used frequently as a server side language so when you're on the internet and and you've you're interacting you know you've got your web browser the web browser reaches out with page requests to some server and then that server runs a whole bunch of stuff in the background that you're never aware of before it sends back to your browser some kind of response and a lot of these pages involve interactions with databases that are dynamic and all of this kind of stuff. And this language Ruby um, had some, as I understand it, again, I've never programmed in it, uh, but I've done enough programming different languages to understand where people are coming from, has a fairly straightforward way to interact with databases and data sets that are in the databases and then manipulate those into the kinds of ways that you would want to present them to people on a web page. And a sort of, um, let's call it a sub-language, was uh, evolved out of that, where based on the database name and the table name in the database and the the field or um, item name within the table, and people who don't know databases may have no idea what I'm talking about, But when you followed certain rules about how to incorporate those into the language itself in terms of of naming the elements of the languages, variables, functions, and so on and so forth, it turned into something where you could very quickly, very easily get up and running with the things you needed in order to get a fully functional database web application online and working and everything's running smoothly and then... You almost automated that aspect of it, and then you could focus as a programmer on the deeper aspects of the program itself and the special logic that made this website special to you and that kind of stuff. And this sub-language was called Ruby on Rails, and the idea okay. was that by accepting the, the Rails, which was all the guidances related to how you name the language elements from your database and that kind of stuff – the rails take you, just like a railroad, like a, a, a you know train car on a railroad, the rails take you very quickly a great distance towards where you need to be. That's, That's kind of how the traditional mass is.
0: Yeah. You know, as a side note, um, I always imagined that whole language having something to do with the server's and server pieces, which are often built on rails that slide into place on these giant racks.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: I I don't know why I made that association, but that's what I thought it, rails was referring to. Um, so, But now I know it's it's yeah. a matter of helping it's the a metaphor. programmer uh, and, and allowing yourself to stick to these rails and stick to this. And then mm-hmm. it takes... And the, yeah, the Trinity does that. It it takes you where your mind ought to be. It almost forces you there. And it yeah. does it in a really good way that the Novus Ordo just doesn't do. You have to force I mean, yourself it's like to the Novus Ordo, focus on what you gotta, the Novus Ordo does.
1: you got to navigate. you got to go bushwhacking in the Novus Ordo. you got to navigate your way just to get to, to penetrate a little bit into the mysteries. And it's different every time, and so you've got to find a different route every time. The traditional Mass, it's and like, the hey... the priest doesn't.
0: I mean, the, a lot of it depends on the priest in the yeah, Novus Yeah, that's Ordo. right. It's like, if you've mm-hmm. got a bad priest in the Novus Ordo, you're not going to do much thinking about that no that day. It's, it, yeah, it's hopeless. And, of course, if you've got crying kids, uh, you know, all kinds of distractions that we always have in Mass... It's harder to ignore those in the Novus Ordo, whereas in the Tridentine, even with those distractions, you're still kept on the rails to where you need to be. Um, Then Pope Francis says, obviously what I'm saying here does not uh, wish in any way to approve the opposite attitude, which confuses simplicity with careless banality or what is essential with ignorant superficiality. Or the concreteness of ritual action with an exasperating practical functionism that is, functionalism, that is so hard to follow. Um <laughs> But you know, if you follow Pope Francis' actions, that whole statement is just a lie. Just an outright mm-hmm. lie. Because he yeah. has constantly approved of this crap from bishops in all dioceses. And well his bishops would, weed out the priests who don't do these things.
1: Yeah, the, I mean, if you want to get put put, you know, the rubber to the road with the lie, follow that right into the very first sentence of the next paragraph. it's It's like, almost you said, know, let me be clear. Yeah. I'm a big liar.
0: Yeah. Every aspect of the celebration must be carefully tended to. space time, gestures, words, objects, vestments, song, music. And every rubric must be observed.
1: And yet, all the bishops that are his best buds are the ones who encourage the priests in their diocese to ignore the rubrics and find their own way. Or bring in some, I don't know, music director that's going to take over the mass or whatever. There's just no sense in which... The words on this page match Pope Francis's actions as a pope.
0: Yeah, I mean we we see it all the time. I, you could go see videos of Pope Francis's favorite bishops like Cupich, and um, for those who haven't heard us before, I know that that's not the proper way to say his name. Um, and Callahan allowing these terrible masses to happen in their diocese. And then people like um, what's his name? Uh, Father Altman
1: mm-hmm. being booed. Yeah, punished.
0: <clears throat> and it's... But you know, another thing here is that in the Novus Ordo it's exceptionally easy to follow that um, that rule. To, to pay attention to the je- time and gestures and stuff. Because there's not that much to learn. There yeah, aren't a whole true. lot of gestures. And I, I was thinking about that uh, the other day. The um, it seems like the servers of the Tridentine Mass have to learn more than the priest in the Novus Ordo.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, I agree. when you it's like you that. sit there yeah.
0: and look at them and, and look at what the server has to do, and it's like. He does more than the actual priest does in the Novus Ordo, or he seems to. That's Mm -hmm. how it appears when you're sitting in the pews. The priest has all kinds of things he's got to do. Uh, It shouldn't be that big of a problem to get a priest to do these things, and yet we all know that it is. We constantly see them breaking the rubrics. So, you know, this whole statement is just bogus.
1: Um, Now, you know, this next sentence is a little bit weird and troubling. He says, you know, he, he says, okay, all the rubrics have to be observed. You have to pay careful attention to everything. And then he says, such attention would be enough to prevent robbing from the assembly what is owed to it, namely the Paschal Mystery celebrated according to the ritual that the church sets down. There's, there's a sense in which that's true. The the faithful are owed that, but there's also a sense in which that's not enough. That's not true because yeah. we also are owed. I mean, by by let's say, virtue of our baptism, um, we are owed a mass, a ritual of the mass that expresses what the mass is. We are owed. Not not necessarily expresses in simplistic external uh, terms, but that reflects, I guess, is, is a better word yeah. that expresses what the Mass actually is. And yeah. to say that, oh, we're only owed a Mass according to the rubrics that the Church sets down, well, no, we're also owed a little something from the Church herself in terms of what those rubrics look like.
0: Right. So even a priest today uh, saying the Novus Ordo, might give us the celebration according to what the church has set down that that really doesn't cut it because it used to be so much more and it's not and it's, it's the quote reformers who have done this to us.
1: Um, yeah, we are being robbed.
0: Yeah. We, we've been robbed. The entire generation here has been robbed. Um, and, I don't know. Someday we'll get into why that happened, how that happened. I don't, I think it's, I think we're taking it back little by little, but, um, it's going to be a long road. But yeah, we have been robbed already. He says, uh, even if the quality and the proper actions of the celebration were granted or were guaranteed, that would not be enough to make our participation full. Um,
1: (laughs) what is full participation? (laughs) What does well, that mean? <laughs> I, that's one of those things that, that you know, the church, I, I think the modern minds in the church, the, the people who who did the, you know, the reform of the mass after Vatican II and, and a lot of bishops today and, and the popes, I, I think they maybe don't understand that concept of full participation because what the mass is regardless of what what right is used, is this sacrifice of Christ to the Father, this offering of himself to the Father as our bridegroom. So he offers us union with him and then offers himself to the Father. And by accepting that union with him and allowing ourselves to be offered to the Father, that is full participation. Yeah. Yeah. To, be, to not have full participation, you have to either not receive Holy Communion or be in a state of sin or something like that so that you shouldn't receive Holy Communion.
0: Yeah, and not be present, I guess. Or if you um, don't
1: go at all, yeah, whatever. Yeah, but,
0: <clears throat> well, the thing is, that was defined and we had a way of thinking about it for 2,000 years. Um, and then they decided to redefine it. Participation means saying amen and saying and with your spirit or uh, and also with you
1: or as worse used yet to be. singing
0: or singing yeah singing no matter how bad your voice is sing out loud and or that's no matter what matter participation the music is, is. Uh, yeah um, uh, you know we we know what those results are we know what happened when everybody became full participants um, yeah. At, you know and we're going to come back to that over and over again because that's the theme here we know what happened after Vatican II we don't have to guess anymore when it was like okay you destroyed everything yeah maybe the church was slipping but the church was slipping during the reformation when giant blocks of uh uh countries were leaving and becoming lutheran or calvin or whatever um That's always been happening, but when they changed the Mass, the church left on its own. People decided, not because their politicians told them to, but because they just didn't care anymore. That was the result.
1: The Mass didn't look like something worth caring about.
0: Yeah, it's stupid. It, It seems silly, most of it. And so, most men just found no reason to be there because they erased the the symbols that would have made us understand the reason to be there. Okay, 24. Uh, let's see. If there were lacking our astonishment at the fact that the Paschal Mystery is rendered present in the concreteness of sacramental signs, we would truly risk being impermeable to the ocean of grace that floods every celebration. That was I think what he's saying.
1: saying. <laughs> I mean what the words seem to say is that the way the mass looks is important.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: And that's why the traditional mass is so valuable.
0: Yeah. It's and it it seems like it's not hard for anyone to pick that up. Anyone who goes to the Latin mass a few times understands that without without doing the brain work of trying to make sense of it. Uh, you know, I mean this and, sentence, you have to do a lot of brain work just to figure out what he means. It's kind of instinctually seen by anyone who dabbles a little bit, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean just consider a non-catholic or or even a not let's, let's let's go for a non-christian. Uh watching a mass. You watch a Novus Ordo mass and it's like, oh yeah, they get together and read a little bit and sing and you know do their thing. Looks like they all share uh, some bread or something like that. I don't know what that's about. Watch a traditional mass as a non-Christian, someone who, who doesn't have the referential background of, of the Christian um, history, the death of Jesus and so forth. You watch that and it's like, Wow, something really, really important is going on there.
0: Yeah. This, yeah, this has the
1: sense of sacredness.
0: When, um, when I was engaged, I guess, uh, or maybe right after I was married, I don't know, uh, Vicki went to a couple Latin masses with me, and she was, you know, she didn't, she didn't know or see or really care what was going on because she wasn't Catholic and she had no intention on being Catholic. It's just mm-hmm. she was going because I was going. And right. then I missed the Mass once and we had to go to uh, another Mass and she said, I got a lot more out of that Mass than, than out of those Latin masses," <laughs> And that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Because well, she's yeah. not Catholic. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Um, but... And, and she had no idea what the Mass was for. She's trying to compare it in her mind to what she understands at the Protestant Masses that she grew up in. So, or not the Protestant Masses, the Protestant the services. services. She's looking for a service. She's looking for some kind of connection with a priest who's going to make her feel good about life. And she didn't get that at the Latin Mass. She didn't really even understand what the Latin Mass was. Um, so, it's, um, okay, it makes sense, but that's not what we're trying, that's not what our Mass ought to be doing. We don't need to draw people in. The Mass is not for people who aren't already Catholic, as the, uh, as Sacrosanctum Concilium points out. It's, it's to feed Catholics. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, let's see here. Um, You know, he goes off here a little bit. uh, He talks about uh, efforts to favor a greater quality to, to the celebration, even if praiseworthy, are not enough, nor is the call for greater interiority. And he goes off on interiority. doesn't really define it, but he says it can run the risk of reducing itself to an empty subjectivity, if it is not taken on board the revelation of the Christian mystery. Okay. Um,
1: first of all, I don't know what that even means. I don't know what yeah, he's trying to say.
0: Is he talking about quiet contemplation that that doesn't involve all the crap going on around us?
1: Yeah. Or is, is that, he that he what he's complaining about? about? Is he talking about participating but through the intentions? and attentions rather than by raising your Holding hands up hands. and saying oh, all yeah. around and and singing and stuff like that and and you know shaking people's hands and whatever
0: it seems like that's what he's talking about and i i can kind of get here um and and this is this is somewhat of a problem in some uh, latin communities generally the old ladies who don't want any noise don't want kids distracting. In fact, it's the it's the exact well, reason one the I was once kicked out it? of man. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was like these old ladies were complaining to the priests because they can't remain in their cocoon and not have anything pull them out of their interior uh, meditation. I can kind of see that, but I can kind of like, see not wanting people to get into that. But at the same time, there is nothing wrong with quiet solemn meditation and not r- moving your hands everywhere you you pray with your body but that's only a part of it you can't you can't just stop having an interior act of worship it has to be interior it can't In only fact, be it, exterior you know
1: there's a, there's a few things that we do and the priest does even at, at the altar with our bodies that are movements that It's not the prayer. It's more the punctuation of the prayer. uh, Or sometimes it gives emphasis to certain parts of the prayer. I'm talking about things like the sign of the cross or like the priest, you know, crosses over, you know, things on the altar numerous times. Yeah. But for the most part, during the Mass, the physical contribution to the prayer is your posture. You put yourself physically in a posture of whatever appropriate uh, disposition you're supposed to be in for that part of the Mass. Yeah. Whether it's standing or kneeling or sitting or whatever.
0: And that is supposed to lead you to uh, an interior encounter with God. I just, you know, the fact is that... um, there's kind of a growing disdain for interiority because and, and it seems to me like the reason is because um, when our when our prayers are interior then maybe people like Pope Francis aren't as in charge of them you know <laughs> like hey be. no 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 unauthorized thinking here you got to think <laughs> and behave like the rest of us
1: no unauthorized praying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: it's like, that's the one area that the priest cannot direct. Yeah. We can have those with or without the priest, and that seems to be contemplation. what Pope Francis doesn't want to happen. So uh, I was just pointing that out. Where was it? Yeah, that? That's a good Paragraph point. 24.
1: 24. All yeah.
0: right, 25. Uh, when I speak of astonishment at the Paschal Mystery... I do not at all intend to refer to what time seems to be meant by the vague expression "sense of
1: mystery." You know, this whole paragraph annoyed me because he—he, he, I, I know that many people who prefer the traditional mass, like us, um, have referred to the sense of mystery. Actually, I typically refer to the sense of the sacred, not the sense of mystery. But people use that phrase, sense of mystery, and he's acting like they mean something vague by it. Yeah. And yet, and and we'll get to it eventually. I don't know if we'll get to it in today's podcast or, or the next one. But later in the same letter, he gives a very good concrete definition to what people who refer to the sense of mystery actually mean. When he talks about symbolism,
0: well, let's get I'm, into that because I've got I've got two notes here. One is from me, and one is from you. And kay. I do a little bit more pointing out what that sense of mystery is, uh, not in strictest terms. But um, let's let's get into that without waiting until the. Well, let me. I know Let what me, see, let me you're see if I can about. find
1: then where he talks about that while you start talking I about. I think Miner. that was
0: that. 30, like 39... It was real close to 40, I think.
1: Okay, okay. Before
0: or after. Um, look, the... The sense of mystery... Well, I, I don't even know what that means. I don't use that word, those words often, but the fact is, what they did when they, quote, reformed the Mass, was took away a lot of symbols and signs. Those symbols and signs... Were meant to uh, refer to something real. Mm-hmm. And when you take away the symbols, then the person present doesn't have any... He doesn't see the symbol and say, what is that? And so he has nothing to look into. There's no wonder. There's no curiosity. The sense of mystery to me is the curiosity of what is this thing? And generally... They refer to truths that we can never truly understand, but that we can always understand more. So the banality of the Novus Ordo is enough to convince people there's just nothing special here. It's nothing something beyond for it.
1: yeah. old ladies. It presents and children. itself and, as something that there's nothing beyond. Yeah. And you know that what you said is exactly what I've tried to, to sort of used to explain to people before, I I try to explain that when we talk about a mystery as Catholics and especially mysteries um, that you know, religious mysteries or mysteries of faith and, and so forth, we're talking about something that is I like to use the word infinitely knowable and I don't mean a that a it. man yeah. can ever know it infinitely what I mean is that no matter how much we know, there's more to know and yeah. no matter how much we know, you know, by by the the way that God created us, we're capable of knowing more.
0: We never know and all of it.
1: We never never know all of it, and we never exhaust our capacity to know more of it.
0: Yeah, that's a um, good way to say it. That's and you the know, sense that, of That's mystery. even going
1: to be true in, in the afterlife, in heaven, in eternity. That's still going to be true. The mysteries of the Trinity and the interior life. Of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.
0: Speaking of which, uh, and I—I I guess that's a whole theological discussion to have because at some point in this letter, Pope Francis says that we won't know this fully until we die and are united with Christ in heaven. And I just disagree with that. I don't think we'll know it in full. A lot of these mysteries when we die. I think. I think we'll be allowed to keep learning for all eternity.
1: Yeah, God will give us a a eternity, an infinity of discovering Him.
0: If um, if you want evidence for that, uh, Pope or not Pope, uh, Saint Thomas Aquinas describes contemplation as the highest form of prayer, and contemplation involves a an interior. Uh, learning of God and if yeah. that continues forever that means we will forever be learning more about God and that because in heaven we will take part in the highest form of prayer in other words we'll be contemplating in heaven not just appreciating but continually learning so um, yeah I just think he's he's got this whole thing so backwards and It will come up again and we'll have other notes there. But, yeah, this sense of mystery. Okay, yeah, but you didn't just take away the mystery. You took away the symbols of the mystery and the symbols of real things. So, again, we're just, any normal man is looking at this. Any normal boy, as he begins to reach the age of reason, will see this and say, why am I here? And the only thing that keeps him there is being told there's something special about this. He has no way to experience, he has no way to look at that and have evidence for, oh, there's something serious here. It has to be told. Well, with the Tridentine mass, it didn't have to be told. He saw yeah, it and he said, it was there's told. something it was, unusual. It
1: was expressed in the way the mass was done.
0: Yeah, it's so important. And uh, it was just discarded.
1: Well, you know, in paragraph 44, um, he writes, Gardini, he's referring to Romano Gardini, um, a priest. Oh, which I've got notes on him too. Okay, but here, he, he just gives one quote. Here is outlined the first task of the work of liturgical formation. Man must become once again capable of symbols. And then later he says the task is not easy because modern man has become illiterate. No longer able to read symbols. It is almost as if their existence is not even suspected. Well, we'll get later to that actual paragraph, but that's exactly what we mean when we say we've lost the sense of mystery.
0: Yeah. That was a a product of the Novus Ordo. It wasn't a reason for the Novus Ordo. They used it as a reason, but that simply wasn't true.
1: It was caused by the Novus Ordo.
0: Yeah. Um... It's maddening. Um, uh, <laughs> so, more than occasion for it is if the reform has eliminated that vague sense of mystery. It well, you know what the best way to say this is that they didn't eliminate the sense of mystery; they eliminated the signs of mystery.
1: Yeah. Uh, then they eliminated uh, the presence of symbols or the. Ex- the, yeah, I don't know the expression of symbols, the symbolic expression of what really is going on.
0: Then, more than a cause for accusations, it is to its credit. Um, yeah, this is just you know, again. Bunk. Yeah, yeah it, the signs of mystery have been removed, especially the beautiful ones. The more beautiful they were, the more they were stricken from the Novus Ordo.
1: Yeah,
0: let's see. Twenty six. That was a long paragraph. Um, I know. Let's... Oh. Uh,
1: I I didn't have any comment on 26.
0: Yeah, I did. It was real... Um, You know what? I'm going to skip it, though. Uh, 27. Therefore, the fundamental question is this. How do we recover the capacity to live completely the liturgical action? This was the objective of the Council's reform.
1: Well, my only comment, seizing on that second paragraph, this was the objective of the council's reform, is that that's why we should go back to the traditional mass. Because the council's instructions for reform were thrown out the window. They didn't use them. Yeah. They they took the 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 concept of reform. Oh, the council said reform. Okay, let's not read anything else that the council said about it, and let's go do something completely new that's ours. Let's, let's go, you know... Create a mass for a kindergarten class.
0: Yeah. You know something else he says here in paragraph 27? Um, the challenge is extremely demanding, and he's talking about what the council was trying to do, mm-hmm. because modern people, first of all, just that alone, Why uh, modern people is in 1970. Uh, we are now more modern. And so modern people is an ever-changing That's Uh, true. Piece of... It doesn't mean anything, really. It just means the latest person, and that is always changing. But then again, it's not always changing. People are people. (laughs) Uh, Not in all cultures to the same degree have lost the capacity to engage with symbolic action, which is an essential trait of the liturgical act. Uh, First of all, again... We we were just talking about that. Why do you think that? Why why do you think we don't know how to uh, uh, engage with symbolic action?
1: Because all the symbolic actions were taken away from us.
0: Yeah. Um, Okay, think about this, about modern people. The entire world knows, fully knows, and fully understands that the masks do not keep us from getting diseases. And yet, mm-hmm. everybody in the world wore them. And it was precisely because it would give them a sign that we're taking the, uh, the, the uh, COVID disease seriously. It was yeah. to show our compliance. That was the reason for the mask. And most mask wars understood this. Uh, Fauci even said, yeah, you should wear a mask even though it doesn't really help you. Because it's a sign that you're taking it serious.
1: Fauci said this, is, this. This is why, like, in in stupid cities, city council meetings required, online Zoom meetings required people to wear the mask to the meeting. Yeah, it's CDI- I mean, I mean if, if you if you want any, any proof of what you're saying, that is it, 100%. This shows they did not believe that the mask had any... Specific effect vis-a-vis the disease, it was symbolic. Period.
0: Yeah. So everybody was able to follow that, and that in itself was symbolism without any substance. That was one of Rush Limbaugh's favorite things. The the left yeah, is always symbolism cool,
1: without substance.
0: Of symbolism without but, substance. You know, but the mass has is, substance. I'm
1: gonna I'm gonna propose a link here. I had not thought of this before. If we had not lost the traditional mass as as a whole church, I don't believe Catholics would have been as easily duped into the whole mask-wearing thing. Because I believe as humans, we're designed for symbolism. We crave symbolism. And for Catholics, we found more than we needed for our whole lives right there in the mass. Yeah. When that was taken away, we had to look elsewhere for it. And that's why we started turning to various symbols of submission to whatever, you know, government uh, entities or corporate entities or whatever it is. I think Catholics would not have become the mask-wearing minions that we did if we had not lost the traditional mass.
0: Well, all I know is uh, everywhere I went, I was the only one without a mask until that first week I showed up for mass and I was, I was one like everyone else. Nobody had the
1: mask. Nobody was wearing a mask at the Um, traditional mass
0: at the traditional mass at the Novus Ordo, Everybody had masks. They were
1: still wearing them because they didn't get, you know, the,
0: yeah, I think there's a connection. There's definitely there's something there I don't know what it I, I don't know if that's it it seems like that is it because it was there and it was mm-hmm. the only place I found it and I almost cried when I walked into that church and saw that no one was wearing a mask. I was so sick yeah. of the pressure put on me to wear the stupid mask because I don't I don't believe in symbolism without substance but the mass has a lot of symbolism. But it all has but substance it's behind substantive it. Substantive symbolism. We see a symbol, we want to know what it's about. And when it's about something that's worth learning about, worth uh, believing. Approaching,
1: following, yeah. Yeah, uh, engaging. Energy. I guess engaging is the right word.
0: Right. If it's worth engaging, hey, I'm all about that symbolism. And I think the whole world was. And I think this weird V2 approach where. Everyone's lost their uh, observation of symbols or the ability to engage with symbolic action. That was bogus. That was completely bogus. It was never true. And the only reason it's true now is because of the Novus Ordo. Yeah. So, uh, paragraph 28. 28. Postmodernity... Uh, people feel themselves even more lost Without references of any sort Lacking in values Because they have become Indifferent Completely orphaned Living a fragmentation In which an a horizon of meaning Seems impossible
1: You know I mean That's true But that was introduced into the church By the, the new mass
0: Yeah it wasn't there in 1960 19- Sixty? I don't think it was.
1: I mean, in the new Mass, we invite local variation, cult of personality of the priest, music directors to take over the whole thing and turn it into an opportunity for their music. Even when it's performed strictly according to the rubrics, all of this variation and cult of personality applies in the new Mass. And so if, if the modern world is... Something in which people are beginning to feel orphaned, if they're living a fragmentation uh, in which a, a horizon of meaning seems impossible. I don't know what that, that that's a weird phrase. Whatever that means, if we're going through that, the mass was the thing that at least as Catholics we had to anchor us. That yeah. was taken away. The Novus Ordo Mass then contributes to that very. Uh, fragmentation.
0: It sure seems that way. And the thing is I don't know what he means about postmodernity. Ma Mo- am I saying that wrong? Post, that seems like not, too many. Yeah, a little
1: bit. Postmodernity. post-modernity. With Modernity. post-modernity there I we don't go. know. It's like oh there was modern and then we're like after modern that now that's one of those like okay this Pope is too stupid to realize that modern is a is just a always contemporary word.
0: There's nothing after modern there's that's no, no such
1: thing as postmodern there's modern and then there's, I, I guess postmodern would be the modern that's going to be modern in the in the next age or something like that. So
0: the future, the future people feel themselves even more lost.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> but I assume he's talking about people right now.
1: I think he means us. I think like us as compared to say the 70s. Doesn't, I mean,
0: this is one of those cases where it's like, yeah, um, no duh. You're telling the truth here, and this is exactly why we need the Tridentine Mass back again. Because this is your Novus Ordo very... has left us this
1: way. That's what, yeah. I, you know, and if the whole world would have gone this way otherwise, so be it. But at least Catholics would have avoided this by keeping the traditional Mass and clinging to our traditional sense of church.
0: We would have been grounded. And the rest of the world could have looked to us and saw a church that was well grounded. And they can't look that at that now unless they're looking at traditionalists. That's that's not even arguable. Well he himself <laughs> admits it here. And it's yeah. like okay, so so let's ban the Tridentine. <sighs> uh once <laughs> this evokes once again the Pelagian and Gnostic Problems which I think are Misapplied terms But Yeah I don't think he,
1: he's using those in the right way I, I think he's trying to come up with Labels that make Make it sound like He's properly diagnosing Problems according to old yeah. Patterns
0: I, Yeah um, It consists also in an abstract Spiritualism which contradicts human nature itself. Uh, for a human person is an incarnate spirit, and therefore, as such, capable of symbolic action and of symbolic understanding. Uh, he's not real clear here on which movements he's talking about. Um, is it the strange spiritualism and nature worship that man uh, that where man is regarded as the enemy of nature? Is that this abstract spiritualism? It sounds like he's talking about himself, yeah, I, because his I, own his own way of thinking about man is against human nature. When he talks about when he gets into environmentalism, and and even when he talks about uh, things like uh, econ- economy and um, capitalism.
1: Well, yeah, it's like he completely aband it's. Uh, <laughs> It's like okay, he's very much against these things are h- human realities, but I don't think that's what he's man. doing here. I think he's talking about this. There's a, a sort of I don't know, a movement um, among people, I guess, especially young people, to consider themselves spiritual without uh, adopting without any actual religion. So, yeah, I'm, I'm spiritual, spiritual,
0: but not. But I don't spiritual.
1: follow any particular religious ritual. I don't follow any particular religious rules. I don't identify with any particular religious group. And so, the spiritualism is purely abstract in that sense. I think that might be what he's talking about. And, and it's almost like, I'm spiritual, and that's a part of myself that I can, like, cut away and set aside, put in a box. And the rest of me doesn't have to be affected by that or something like that. I'm spiritual, but I can, you know, in, engage in, in, I don't, I don't know, uh, free sex and, and view pornography and, and yeah. uh, gamble my family's uh, rent away or whatever. Kind but those things crowd. don't constitute bad behavior. I'm really a spiritual person. I, I think that's what he's talking about. And, and I, he may be, be a little bit correct in what he's saying there. But again, yeah. the remedy is not the new mass. Right. The New Masses it's, contributes to this.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the uh the you know it's funny, the, the yoga crowd. Because um Yeah, that's them. Yogans consider themselves spiritual. They consider mm-hmm. these movements to be spiritual. Yeah. But the well, the newbies you know where... the novies say, Well, I'm not saying it as a prayer, but the whole uh atmosphere is one of prayer.
1: Well, you to know a the, demon. I mean, think about I, yeah, I mean every time I see a Christian yoga class, I just, you know, want to go, you know, like grab somebody by the ears and put their face in mine and tell them there's no such thing as Christian yoga. Yeah. Um, think about like if you had song, okay, we're going to do um, we've got these voice exercises for singers. You want to be a singer, whether solo, part of a choir, whatever, you got to exercise your voice. We're going to go through these exercises, and and these are voice exercises. Um, we'll, we'll give them, like, collectively some kind of a name, like like uh, Sona instead of yoga. Okay, so we, we have this this ritual system called Sona that are voice exercises. Oh, they're just voice exercises. You don't need to worry. I mean, the words themselves actually mean uh Invocations of demons and stuff like that, but you're just doing it as a voice exercise, and surely your God is okay with that, right? That's what yoga's yeah. like. It makes no sense to say Christian yoga.
0: Yeah, it's dumb. And and anywhere that it's not Christian yoga, it is considered spiritual. The people there think they are being spiritual mm-hmm. when they do these stretch exercises. Yeah, it's
1: in it's fact part
0: of how they call themselves spiritual.
1: There is a um, a pushback, a movement among, I'll say, real yogis, um, by which I mean like like Indian Hindu yogis, um, to try to suppress the growth of like popular yoga as exercise classes and clinics and that kind of stuff because. It, it, for them, it is a spiritual thing. It is an act of worship. It's demonic, but I can I can see where they're coming from. Think if yeah. people took our own religious exercises and movements and so forth, and decided to to for you know, let's say they they served some particular I don't know. Um, you know that. what? I, I don't know that we would actually be offended by that. Like, let's say like people developed a class of vocal training that centered around Gregorian chant of, say, the parts of the mass or something like that. How would we feel about that? Which
0: has happened. Yeah. um,
1: But it was purely secular, non-religious. I I don't know that we would be terribly offended by that.
0: No, because that has happened. You know? I mean, you go to places that are very secular and Mm -hmm. they're learning... The Ave Maria, or again the Mass, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah. How many composers uh, compose masses?
0: Uh, Mozart and Beethoven—they've all written masses, and people learn these, and they are and they regarded were for popular.
1: As, perf- I mean, Re- Mozart's Requiem was never intended to be actually used as a real mass. It was intended to be performed in concert and stuff. Is that true? I think it is. It, it would it. not have been fit I mean, for a real mass at the time that he composed it. Hmm. I've,
0: uh, I've always wondered that because they have all these masses like the Requiem. And it's yeah. like, okay, did they really do this at a mass? It would have taken a lot of people to do this at
1: a mass. <laughs> yeah, no, it wasn't intended to be that. Now, in the, okay. in, I don't know if you've ever watched the movie Mozart Amadeus or maybe I, it's just called Amadeus.
0: I did see parts of it.
1: It's a it, in it they they present it as a story like he's getting you know like he's composing the mass in his mind as part of sort of his dying thing and he wants it to be his funeral mass that that's like a completely fictitious made up aspect of his life um, okay so
0: okay well uh, let's see we're on paragraph twenty nine okay um. And, give me a second here.
1: Yeah, I didn't have any comments on that one.
0: Yeah, okay. With this reality of the modern world of the church, United and Council wanted to enter into contact, um, reaffirming her awareness of being the sacrament of Christ. And then he goes through a bunch of terms here, the, mm-hmm. you know, the listening to the Word of God and recognizing right. her. Um, okay, that's what they wanted to do. But what has happened is that the church withdrew from this contact. Um, oh, this is where I'm pointing out that we don't have to... This was the goal of the council, so they say. Mm-hmm. We don't have to wonder whether or not these actions will help them accomplish this goal. We know now. This we already know. Is, now we yeah. have hindsight, you know.
1: Um, should we just ignore the hindsight? Yeah, I mean, the whole point of this paragraph is to say that the the first document of the council was this Sacrosanctum Concilium, the reform reform of the mass thing, and that reform is meant to be done in a way that's consistent, that reflects the church as expressed in all of the other documents of the council. That's all he's trying to say there. But What we know is that not only was Sacrosanctum Concilium ignored, but the way the church looks now as a result of the new mass hardly matches any of the other documents from the council either.
0: And hardly it matches those goals. Yeah. So the new mass is a terrible failure. (sighs) Everything it was supposed to do, it did not do. And we know that now. There's no reason to keep having this stupid argument. We already know it's there.
1: We see. Yeah, the the question should not, at this point, be whether to allow the old mass or force full adoption of the new mass. That that should not be the question. The question should be what to do about the abject failure of the new mass.
0: Yeah. How do we fix this? Are we just going to act like This sickness doesn't exist and keep saying I mean the fact is he's had other comments where he flat out says that the problem in the church right now uh is us. Us trying to hang on to outdated whatever. But we're not we're not the ones who don't believe in the real presence. So how can we be the problem? The problem is the Novus Ordo. It's uh when he admits what the um, church was trying to do here and ignores the fact that they failed, that frustrates the
1: heck out of me. I know. that That's the thing. It's like when you read this stuff and you think, were you actually sitting down writing these words and you, you really were failing to see the obvious conclusions? I, yeah. I mean, are you either that stupid or that, like diabolically dishonest? That's It's got to be one of those two. It's so frustrating because you don't want to conclude either of those things of your Pope.
0: Yeah, but that's what it is. That's where we're at. Him giving us this letter tells us what we need to know. Yes, he understands what the goal was. He knows that it didn't work and he is forging ahead anyway to try to force us into submission to... That uh, I, I don't know yeah. submission of what I mean. Yeah, what what I does he care if we say a Tridentine mass? But then he goes into a quote from Saint Paul the Sixth Pope Paul the Sixth. I yeah, I'm going to wait lengthy. another I think, I don't another don't two know. popes before I call him Saint Paul the Sixth. <laughs> but. <Yeah>. Um, <laughs> You know, he, he just goes into about how hard it was for them to do what they do. And and I just would comment here, wouldn't it have been great if the writers of the Novus Ordo had followed the guides outlined in this document, the Sancto <laughs> yeah. Sanctum Concilium?
1: He, he's, he's like celebrating it, the fact that they managed to get it published. And then it's like, yeah. okay, let's assume that your, your joy is... Genuine, um, why did you then oversee the, you know, the whole thing being thrown out the window?
0: Yeah, because I, I guess here's my point. If we don't really know if the guide set by Sanctus Sanctum Concilium, um, we don't know if it would have been a good thing. That's we true. We do know what happened.
1: And we, and know we that do was know a bad that thing.
0: was a bad thing. Yeah. So... Quit putting up this straw man where we argue over Sanco Sanctum Concilium. That's gone. We'll never know what would have happened then. Mm-hmm. We know what did happen, though, and they ignored yeah. that document and vandalized but still our man. It's
1: frustrating to keep watching yeah. people, especially the Pope, refer to what did happen as the, quote, reforms of Vatican II, which they are yeah. not.
0: Right. In paragraph thirty-one, it says it would be trivial to read the tensions, unfortunately present around the celebration, as a simple divergence between different tastes concerning a particular or uh, particular ritual form. And I'd say, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, it—that's what we've been saying all along. It, It has nothing to do with taste. There's two fundamental orientations about the mass. One of them is the mass is an act of God. It's Jesus Christ himself marrying himself to the human race and offering himself to the Father. And the other orientation is that the mass is an act of men getting together and praising God during which Jesus comes down and joins us so that he can be part of our celebration. Those are the two yeah. different orientations. That's those, that's where the divergence is He's exactly yeah. right here <laughs> And it
0: Um Yeah, he's 100% right Then he says the problematic Is primarily ecclesial Ecclesiological
1: Um I don't know what he means, the problematic I think he's dead
0: wrong here What's a problematic uh, I, Yeah, I don't know I, what that means Probably but... a typo, probably a mistranslation. Yeah. Um but the problem seeps into the theology of the church through the mass.
1: Yes. We, the liturgical, the, the, the mass, which is source and summit, when it was changed, when the rite was changed, when it started to look different, it uh, sullied and soiled our sense of ecclesiology, our sense of church. The problem is liturgical. The ecclesiology is an outgrowth of that.
0: Yeah, and, and we see it everywhere. When, when we've got a pope actually in documents, in magisterial uh, letters saying that we should serve communion to people who have purposely cut themselves off from God and the church and give those people communion, well, that's, that's a theology, and it was, it's this not caring for the Eucharist, not believing in the Eucharist, that led to this theology. That's a theology when you put it in a church document. Yeah. You know, if, if when we have a pope who doesn't believe that Jesus knew his divinity, I think that's the thing he said to that reporter.
1: That one guy that's that never keeps just, notes and that the pope never yeah. corrects. Well, I mean, he's, yeah. it's, it's the same guy who 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 sort of reported on maybe tattled on guy, you know maybe he's telling the truth that
0: yeah uh, the Pope I says he doesn't believe so. in hell doesn't believe in hell doesn't believe Jesus understood his divinity until after he was dead or something yeah, um, who knows the the uh, ecclesiological aspect is really just a sign of the heretical theology that's behind it don't absolutely Don't sum all this up and say it's ecclesiological.
1: No, it's It's theological. There's a real deep problem here. It's not just a matter of taste, and it's not just a matter of ecclesiology. It goes deeper than both of those. It's theological.
0: Yeah. Uh, Let's see. I do not see how it is possible that one... Recognizes the uh, validity of the council, although it amazes me that a Catholic might presume not to do so, and at the same time not accept the liturgical form born out of Sankin Concilium.
1: Well, it, it amazes okay. me too. Well, that's a stupid <laughs> sentence. I mean, there I are ways it's to true. see that, but but the thing is, the broader accusation is, you know, we, it's not like we're going around and claiming that. Sacrosanctum Concilium reforms were bad for the mass. We're saying you never implemented them in the first place. They were ignored. It, the, the, the mass we have is not a Sacrosanctum Concilium mass, and the only mass that we have as a referent against that is the traditional mass. That's what we need to go back to. Not that because sacr- is, you know, we, like you said, we don't have a basis for criticizing Sacrosanctum Concilium because we don't have any data on that. It was never implemented.
0: That is the the one argument that traditionalists need to work on not getting into.
1: Yeah, you not, not I mean? let themselves draw into that.
0: It, I, I see it over and over again. Talk about Vatican II and this terrible document. It's like, why are you red saying herring. that? You don't know. It, we don't know.
1: It, it doesn't so, enter into it.
0: Yeah. It, that's a straw man. Don't go for that. Don't let him even get into it. Just point that out and move on. Um, let's see. For these... Um, let's see, he's talking more about the what we just talked about. He says, for right. this reason, as I already expressed in my letter to the bishops, I have felt it my duty to affirm the liturgical books promulgated by St. Paul VI and St. John Paul II in conformity with the decrees of Vatican II are the unique expression of ex-orandi of the Roman Rite. Well...
1: Okay, so... His phrase, for this reason, is a complete non sequitur. Um, what does that mean? For those who don't know, that's Latin for it does not follow. Um, it's like, you know, if I say, oh, it's raining, therefore um, I need to brush my teeth or something like that. You know, it, it, it's like you're, you're claiming that something has a logical connection to another when it doesn't have such a connection. Okay, but ignoring the non um in order for these reformed books that he talks about to be his phrase's unique expression of the lexorandi, lexorandi is law of, of prayer, okay? Okay. To be the unique expression means to be the only expression of the lexorandi, which means that any prior expression used by the church fathers, the ones that were adhered to by all the various martyrs and the holy saints that gave us this, this wonderful history and patrimony of of church and of faith. He's claiming that their expression uh, didn't count. That, that the mass that they prayed, that they attended, that they adhered to, that they loved, didn't matter. Didn't count. It was. It was not the unique law of prayer.
0: Okay. Yeah. That's what
1: he's saying by by claiming this. I mean, he's giving the finger to two thousand years worth of saints. Yeah. Yeah. That's. I don't know of a more polite way to say it.
0: Yeah, he's just wrong. Um, the the non acceptance of liturgical reform as also a superficial understanding of it, uh, distracts us from the obligation of finding responses to the question that I come back to repeating. Uh, before we get into that question, yeah. does the superficial understanding of the reform or the non-acceptance of the reform?
1: I think he's saying both. Uh, is that Both non-acceptance and a superficial understanding of it. Distracts us from the obligation. Here's the way it's like, okay, people's hang ups about the reform distract us from the obligation of finding responses to the question that I come back to repeating. Okay, let that's 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 what what he's saying here, and I think I think what we're gonna find is when we get to the question is that no, he's wrong. He's like dead wrong. The non acceptance I mean, we'll, the superficial we'll understanding it, doesn't really exist. There have been very okay. deep developments of understanding of the reform. I think I but just But maybe it's you. a... Su- okay, no, I didn't. I'm, but the non-acceptance is a result of answering these questions that we're about to get but, to.
0: But maybe it's a superficial understanding of the non-acceptance.
1: You know, I think that's true. A superficial understanding of the non-acceptance of the reform is distracting the mainline church from the obligation of finding responses to these questions. I'll buy that.
0: Yeah. I'm making a note real quick so I remember to point that out. Okay. So the question he is asked, repeating, is how can we grow in our capacity to live in the full liturgical action? How do we continue to let ourselves be amazed at what happens in the celebration under our very eyes. We are in need of serious and dynamic liturgical formation. Sure.
1: I can't think of a better answer to those questions than the traditional Mass and educating people in the traditional Mass.
0: Yeah, yeah. Great argument, Pope Francis. (laughs)
1: <laughs> and therefore the world is flat <laughs> Yeah, that's
0: It's crazy um, let's I don't see. have anything in, in the next paragraph two paragraphs Yeah, he's got Okay the, On the morning of the Pentecost The church is born The initial cell of the new humanity Only the community of men and women Reconciled because pardoned, alive because he is alive, true because we dwelt in In by the spirit spirit of truth, truth, can open the cramped space of spiritual individualism. I don't think spiritual
1: Um, individualism had anything to do with it, but this is the new humanity. This is, okay, God intended all of mankind to be his, Adam sinned, Christ came, established a church, now... The church is that new humanity that belongs to God and only that church. But I don't I don't, I don't yeah. think this cramped space of spiritual individualism has anything to do with any of that.
0: Yeah, he's pushing that in there and he's pushing the word community of men and women. It was only a community because it's all of us together. We're not all uh, singing kumbaya or anything. It's a community because it's like, okay, but... It's not like the Pentecost comes and we all get together and form this this uh, form this thing where we invite other people into this group. Everyone in the group at the Pentecost immediately left. They all went out into the world to create the community.
1: Oh yeah, it's like it was I mean, a community that existed de facto as the body of Christ, but we as individuals went out and called others to join that body. And yeah. Of course the 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 source of our zeal to do that was the mass itself. Our uniting with Christ, and the thing we were calling other people to as their ultimate goal was also that uniting with Christ, the mass.
0: Yeah. And I mean spiritual individualism. Um, our unity is in uniting in Christ, but we all do that as individuals. We're individuals. That there's nothing wrong with spiritual individualism because we don't. Yeah, I don't. All I, I, I don't combine know, into I mean, one spirit. It's
1: kind of weird because yes, there is a there is a bad kind of spiritual individualism. Like if you think that somehow you can be. Let's say if, if you imagine that you can be a son of God without being part of a church, which is the body of the son of God. You see what I mean? It's like yeah. there, there, there's a very real theology of we are saved by virtue of being members of a church and it's the church that's saved. But at the same time, we do individually we don't saved. approach each other as our spiritual pathways. Uh, you know, we encourage yeah. each other. We receive encouragement from each other. But Christ is still our pathway.
0: Yeah. I just wanted to point that out. that We are individuals, spiritually.
1: Yeah. I have and a soul that I don't share with you. And we come to the Mass only- individually. We we unite into the community, individually. And through Christ, through the communion in Christ, is how we become one body.
0: Yeah, it um, just seems like the community of Pentecost. He's stretching that, and I, yeah. I don't think it's it's not really a community the way he's describing it here. It was that we're all united here. Now let's go out and many of them never talk to all these other people again. You know?
1: Oh, at right. Pentecost. Right. Because thousands, thousands were many converted people on that who, day.
0: Yeah, and they went out and spread the word. They didn't live together as a community. They just were put into a community because of the reality of the body of Christ. Right. the reality of the church. Uh, from that moment on, the celebration became the privileged place, though not the only one, of an encounter with him.
1: Actually, what does that mean, it's, not the only one?
0: It's the only place we can physically uh, encounter God that I yeah. know of.
1: The celebration is, there a- is the only place of encounter, of complete encounter with Christ. It's not just right. a privileged place. It's the only one that unites you to him completely according to your nature, your bodily nature, and his assumed nature as a man.
0: Yeah. Um... We know that only thanks to the grace of this encounter does a human being become fully human. Only the Church of Pentecost can conceive of the human being as a person open to a full relationship with God, with creation, and with one's own brother and sisters. I, I This sounds very poetic, but I've tried to find more about this concept, and I couldn't find anything. Yeah. It just this seems is- like he's making up.
1: More old man rambling stuff.
0: Yeah. Here's when we get back into Gardini. Let's see, we're on paragraph 34. Oh, yeah, that's
1: right. 34, Gardini.
0: Um, In this is posed the decisive question of the liturgical reform. Gardini says, Here, too, the first practical task is indicated, carried along by this inner transformation of our time. We must learn anew how to relate religiously as full human beings. And well, I guess this you is where we get think of a more meaningless a sentence. Thing. Yeah, it's it's idiotic. <laughs> um, and Gardini is part of this new theology and part of the problem. Yeah. Uh, Gardini was uh, Gardini's writings were condemned by Pope Pius XII. Mhm. Um, the the theology that gave us uh, this is a meal more than a sacrifice was condemned specifically. And, uh, let's see somewhere in these set of notes. I have the year, but, uh, it was very specifically condemned by Pope Pius XII. Um, so if look, we know where this new theology led because the church emptied after we, uh, imposed it on everyone (laughs) Yeah. so if we're going to judge a book by its cover if we're going to judge a tree by its fruit
1: then we can say we don't need to judge the book by its cover we can judge the tree by its fruit here
0: yeah uh, this Gardini um, he was successful in his demonic task or he was an idiot
1: yeah the the fruit of his tree is rotten to the core
0: yeah. Uh so you know keep keep quoting our Gardini here which seems this is to be weird. The, it's like
1: it's like the pope the it's like who, he says this is what the liturg- the liturgy makes possible for this we must be formed here's the interesting part Gardini does not hesitate to declare that that it's like he's he's treating Gardini as though he's like some vast recognized doctor of the church like Aquinas or yeah. or uh, Augustine, or somebody like that, or even Liguria, yeah. or uh, I don't know.
0: And he's not, he's just some priest who was, parts of his texts have been condemned by the yeah. church. This Why is, are we? It's
1: weird that he would quote him this way and invoke him Pope this Paul way.
0: Pope Paul VI pulled him back in to help with the, quote, Reformation, which maybe he contributed to the documents of Vatican II. I don't know, but I know the documents of Vatican II weren't followed, so what does this guy give us? Yeah. I don't, you know, he keeps coming back to them. Uh, ritual and textual reforms won't help much. Won't help what? Won't help us be fully human? Is that what you're saying? So what about all through history? Were those people human?
1: What about uh, so he's saying, the 2,000
0: years of the Mass? Without liturgic was that not formation,
1: ritual and textual reforms won't help much. So it looks like he's saying, unless well, we, we don't train need people reforms. in the new Mass, we're not going to change their minds just by changing the Mass. But you know what? I would say that here's, here, Gardini was, was proved wrong because they changed the Mass. They didn't bother doing a whole lot of liturgical formation and everybody, the church at large, followed the rot of the new mass. Yeah, They lost faith. Did, they stopped believing in it, the real presence. It helped
0: him in his demonic task. Yeah. It did do that. So, where are we? Okay, I'm still on paragraph 34 here. Uh, oh, okay, this is one of your notes. I do not intend to treat here in an exhaustive way the very rich Theme of liturgical formation. I only want to offer some starting points for reflection because obviously we don't have a whole lot of points for reflection on the Mass. Uh, I think two aspects can be distinguished the formation of the liturgy and formation by the liturgy.
1: Yeah, okay, formation Uh, for the liturgy and formation by the liturgy.
0: The first depends upon the second, which is essential.
1: So here, here, this is an interesting point, and I think this is something worth pursuing in the Pope's language. So he's talking about formation for the liturgy is like classroom training about, about the Mass. But formation by the liturgy is the way in which the the look and feel of the mass forms you. And he says the first depends upon the second. So in order to be formed, in order to be taught well in the classroom, so to speak, uh, classroom could could be, you know, whatever, you know, like adult Christian formation, nights at the parish or whatever. But in order to be formed well in the classroom so that you can do the liturgy well, the liturgy itself has to impose itself upon you. And that's what he means when he says the first depends upon the second. So the classroom depends upon how the liturgy affects you. And the second one, formation by the liturgy, is essential. I wholeheartedly agree with that statement. And that's why I insist that it's the new mass itself. And not just failure to educate people and so forth—that has been the source of the epic disaster in the modern church. All uh,
0: back. Yeah, I, yeah, I—I I could have said it better myself, but um, yeah, sure. I'll, Go yeah, ahead and I'll try agree with it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. His sentencing here is hard to follow, but... Yeah, okay, it, okay
1: yeah. The, the, we, we both could have said it better than the Pope said it, but here's the thing, it's right. like
0: again, that is, But that is true, <laughs> yeah. Um.
1: Therefore, the earth is flat. It's essential,
0: yeah, okay. Um. It was and is necessary to find the channels for formation that is the study of the liturgy. Well, you know, we've we're got like 2,000 for years of writing no, that we could in look into for this. For a
1: form- the channels for a formation that is the stuff... I don't even know what that means. I assume he's saying
0: we have to look for the knowledge to... We have to look... We have it to sounds study like, it, it's like...
1: It's like if you say, we have to find... The source for the variations for the change that cause the variation sources. It's its like, you that know, whole sentence is just a, a stupid circular could, snake eating its tail.
0: Yeah, I could give him the benefit of doubt and say that it was a translation problem. But I think okay. he's saying we need knowledge to tap into to uh, to really understand the liturgy. Okay. Um, or study it. Uh,
1: yeah.
0: But, and if we have that. It's, I mean, there's 2,000 years worth. It's not hard to find. Right. It's everywhere in the church. And yet, one man could never exhaust even what's he already been written. You know? All right. Um, from the beginning of the liturgical movement, much has been done in this regard with precious contributions from scholars and academic institutions. Nonetheless, it is important now to spread this knowledge beyond the academic environment, because uh, it was, was not important before, um, in an accessible way so that each one of the faithful might grow in a knowledge of the theological sense of the liturgy. Um, Dan had to step away. I'm back. Oh, okay. Okay, I think you've got a disagreement there. Did I? Okay, this is... uh,
1: Yes, I did. So, (laughs) my disagreement is that this is just a dumb paragraph. Yeah. Um, Okay, so he's referring to a liturgical movement, and I think he's referring to something that started in the 20th century, but it's like he's pretending that the church never concerned itself With the liturgy before the 20th century.
0: Or with learning about the liturgy, or Or teaching about the liturgy.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's just a stupid paragraph, the whole thing.
0: It's a poor premise, and it is really, really dumb. (laughs) Um, Let's see. Okay, this is the decisive question, and it grounds every kind of understanding in every liturgical practice. It also grounds the very celebration of the celebration itself, uh, helping each and all to acquire the capacity to comprehend the ecclesiological. Uh, ecclesiological this is the eucological
1: text. text. I think he's talking about that the that does Eucharist. say
0: eucological, uh, eucharistic text.
1: Yeah, like eucharistic text. Maybe text can, regarding the ecological.
0: Eucharist. Uh spell spell check says it might be ecological.
1: No, it's... It, I don't I think I he it. means concerning the Eucharist, but concerning knowledge yeah. of the Eucharist.
0: Okay. And the ritual dynamics and the anthropological significance.
1: Anthropological? How about the Christological significance? That's what we yeah. should be concerned about.
0: Okay, but what I would point out here is um, if this movement started when they wanted to remake the Mass... Um, Isn't it obvious what this did? Considering that up until the Novus Ordo, the laity had a pretty good understanding of what the mass was. And after the Novus Ordo, uh, the laity lost that understanding. And it wasn't until the movement for the Tridentine Mass started to gain some momentum... That the lady started to rediscover the uh, liturgical truth.
1: You, you know, know I, I, I. This is a thought that like like just struck me out of the blue <laughs> just now. I would be willing to accept that the reforms of the mass were sort of a providential gift of God. In in this sense, that before the council, the people probably understood for the most part and believed for the most part that the mass was the sacrifice of the cross that they received the body and blood soul divinity of Jesus at the mass that they participated in the sacrifice of the cross by doing so but as a broad popular sort of knowledge maybe didn't know a whole lot more than that maybe didn't contemplate a whole lot more deeply than that and the yeah. Reaction against the new mass, I think, has more people maybe than before Vatican II. Thinking more deeply about what the mass really is and what it means. It's, it's like if, if it's you're not going, you know, it's like it's like Christ is giving this uh, infinite. It's like he's giving this 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 big flowing stream. Like we're 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 desert thirsty, starved people and he's got this big flowing stream of the mass and maybe the the general catholic public's understanding and appreciation of the mass was like we're like going to dip our finger into the stream and kind of touch it to our lips but what christ wants us to do is to dive into that stream and so he says you know what you don't appreciate this stream for what it is so I'm going to take it away from you for a little bit, and that's what the new mass is.
0: I could see yeah, that. That could be. I don't know though. I, mean, I don't know either.
1: I just, it's something that it's, we're talking about.
0: Me. We're talking about a time when uh, the people are watching more and more media, mm-hmm. and Catholics had not dominated it yet. Yeah, we had not become a part of it. So. Um, you know, we had Fulton Sheen. That was about it. But if we had never lost the mass, as we began to take part in this media, would our understanding have grown,
1: or would—that's a good point. Would, I mean, would the yeah. would the development of the world itself? Ha, would we have taken advantage of the opportunity to start having these discussions and to? Push each other to understand more deeply the value, yeah, of the mass and the reality. And maybe of, we wouldn't that, have. That we encounter.
0: Maybe that wouldn't have happened if we hadn't been uh, slapped with deprived this. Of it. We're going to yeah. take your mass away. Yeah, we were yeah. deprived I mean, I, I, of it. And you know, so I,
1: I mean, we starve for it. I I, I certainly it's, believe that God's providence covers all events in history. So maybe yeah. that is part of His plan. Or the at least fact part of that providence. they took the
0: mass away and there wasn't a huge revolt. There was a revolt, but it was very small. Yeah. And the fact that so many people swallowed this, uh, you know, even our own parents, I they didn't like it. And from day one, they made that point. But um but they went along with it. And they didn't Immediately get involved in ways to resist it. Only a small number of people did that. So that at least tells you that the appreciation of the mass wasn't quite there because it, it should have been. I think, uh, Timothy Gordon talks about this. If, 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 if us now, if they took this away, it would be a huge deal. Almost to the point of driving some people away from the Catholic Church so that they can go with these, uh, you know, like the SSPX people if it happened now. But when it did happen, everyone didn't run to the SSPX. Everyone didn't run away from it. They they missed it. They wanted it. But it wasn't as big as shot in the arm as it would be right now. So, yeah, maybe maybe it took this to give us a better appreciation of what the Mass was, and this is God's way of doing it. Um, we get into paragraph 36. Um, ordained ministers carry out a pastoral action of the importance, of the first importance, when they take the baptized faithful by the hand and lead them into the repeated experience of the Paschal Mystery. Uh, I just... Oh, okay. Okay. He's, he's talking about here, he's talking about how he marvels, he kind of sits and, and thinks about the regular rhythm of the assemblies that come together, uh, day after day, week after week, Easter after Easter, and all these different people in all these different ages coming together and being part of this paschal mystery. I just kind of commented here that, um, the number of people keeps getting smaller and smaller <laughs> that's and true and the pews are more and more empty the rhythm gets quieter and quieter as the drums of rhythm are deadened um is this does he ever marvel on that uh he says let us always remember that it is the church the body of christ that is the celebrating subject and not just the priest
1: you know that that's that's something that i had a comment on because that is a line that can be understood in two very different ways on the one hand when the priest says mass he's acting as an altar christus a, a in the person of christ in persona christi you know we have all kinds of latin phrases for it but the point is the priest becomes christ during the mass and it is christ who does the mass it's the the person of christ himself who makes the Mass what it is, who makes it real, who makes it present for us. And it's the priest who, in his ministry, is the person of Christ. And in that sense, the rest of the assembly doesn't matter for the actuality of the Mass taking place on that altar at that time on that day. And so if you take this line to to understand that, well, it's the priest along with the whole assembly that makes the mass present. Well, that's just a pernicious heresy. On yeah, the other uh, hand, okay. if you understand which, that, hold priest, on here.
0: Um, sorry, it, say that. That was hold on. That was the uh, heresy that Pope Pius condemned in 1947.
1: Oh, okay. So you've already got that
0: mediator new- day. Yeah, I because you said it, and and that's what also condemned. What Gardini was talking about it being more of a
1: meal meal than than a sacrifice,
0: a sacrifice, and this is exactly what Pope Pius the Twelfth condemned. Okay, go on.
1: Well, the other way of understanding it is that the priest acting when he is a a celebrating the mass, he's he is a another Christ. He sort of becomes Christ, and Christ has his body in the whole church. And in that sense, when the priest celebrates and offers mass, it's the whole body of the church that is through the ministry of the priest doing so. And that's, I, I always struggled um, with, as a kid, this, I, I you know, in the um, sermon, the Eucharistic sermon, in uh, the Gospel of John, where Jesus talks about himself as the bread of life, and he says very plainly and explicitly, "If you do not eat the flesh of the Son of Man, you have no life in you." And he almost like issues that as an individualistic declaration. Well, here's where the be- here's where the right understanding of this takes place. The priest is Christ offering himself to the Father. And then the priest is the body of Christ, the church, eating the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Christ, receiving the Holy Eucharist, because it's the priest's communion that matters above our communion. The priest receives the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Christ, and in doing so, eats the body of Christ and drinks his blood on behalf of the entire church and it's in that yeah. sense that just by being a baptized member of the church like if you're an infant you haven't received holy communion but you have eaten the body of Christ and drank his blood why because you're a member of his body and the priest through his ministry has done so on behalf of the whole body so there's a there's a good you know holy sense to understand this line And there's a pernicious, heretical sense to understand this line. It's kind of a weird uh, vagary, ambiguity.
0: Yeah. By the way, when I uh, wrote this out, um, I combined mine and your comments. So it's not listed as my own comments, but I added to yours.
1: Oh no problem uh, I, you in, know, for, in the book. for purposes of the book you mean <laughs> Yeah Yeah I mean I assume um, we're going to All of our comments will be co- It's not going to be separate yours and mine It's just going to be well, I'm not sure yet I don't know I think we should combine ours And, and actually you know Okay I, I think we will be in enough agreement That we can do that
0: Yeah Right now they're separated And um But the way it's done I can easily make them all look like one Okay Um Obviously, to be able to lead their brothers and sisters, the ministers who preside in the assembly must know the way. Know it from having studied it on the map of their theological studies, but also from having frequented the liturgy, in actual practice of an experience of living faith nourished by prayer.
1: That is a heresy. Yeah. Now, in, in a pedagogical and pastoral sense... It's true. The priest can't lead mentally. He can't teach his flock ab- about the mysteries unless he understands them himself. But in a sacramental sense, this isn't even remotely true. And it's it's a real big heresy to suggest that it is true. The priest, by virtue of his ordination, has the power to fully confect the mass and the assembly the congregation fully participates in that by receiving the body and blood of our lord all the priest has to do is to say the words of the mass and his intention has to be to be performing a rite of the church that's all and when he does that it's a real mass and the faithful participate in it fully by receiving jesus to suggest that the priest has to have some kind of knowledge and even some kind of specific prayer life in order to make this a reality for the faithful that's a heresy
0: yeah I'm putting a note so that we can uh, reference that where it's uh, defined
1: yeah we need to we need to actually uh, find some sources on that, but yeah. I know that's okay. an absolute heresy. That's uh,
0: that's always the, been my understanding of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's see. We've got 37. Um, he talks about the seminaries <clears throat> must take account of the extraordinary capacity. Blah, 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 blah. Does he really want to get his discussion on the direction the seminaries have gone since the Novus Ordo was imposed? How about
1: we just say... The seminaries must reject homos.
0: Yeah, and and, and leave and it edifials. at that.
1: You, you'd we improve the seminaries lot. like a thousand percent if you said the seminaries have to reject homos.
0: Yeah, that that in itself does the job. So, okay, <laughs> um, let's see. Okay, thirty-seven. Um, towards the end of thirty-seven, he references one Corinthians thirteen one, where he says, um, "The scripture is about preaching, but not having charity. That's what they're talking about, not about saying mass and not having charity."
1: Oh, okay, but if, right. <clears throat> if
0: he's talking about the celebration, it as in the liturgy. Not the, the mass, not the priest not having charity when he says the mass, uh, he, he's wrong. Even Sanker Sanctum Concilium makes it clear that the purpose of the mass oh. is to give strength to the faithful, not to evangelize. Cause he says a celebration that does not evangelize is not authentic. And
1: that he's and wrong.
0: it has no, yeah. Charity,
1: yeah. I, mean, I guess in a sense, evan- Here is the thing: does it mean, let-
0: even use the word evangelize let's, in the entire document? Not once does there.
1: it say the word evangelize. <laughs> so you, you did you you did this like a text search?
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It doesn't even use a
1: let's, version let's let's actually word. Um, give him the be- the like the charitable benefit um, of a of a um, of a proper interpretation a celebration that does not evangelize, and let's put it in its proper context, does not evangelize to the initiated faithful is not authentic. Well, which celebration evangelizes to the initiated faithful better, the Novus Ordo or the traditional Mass?
0: Certainly the traditional.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So there again.
0: (laughs) And again, the charity is not necessary it's not a necessary component. It doesn't make... If, if the Mass is said without charity, yeah,
1: well, that the, doesn't both make of it these like a
0: clanging cymbal. Without
1: the testimony of charity. What does that mean? I mean? What other charity do you need than that Christ offered himself, like bled out completely, like drained himself of blood for you on the cross? That's the charity yeah, that's expressed in the traditional Mass.
0: And, and as you mentioned... Uh, before the the uh, disposition of the priest concerning this isn't necessary. A, no, a, not a, at all. A mass said by a charitable priest is not better than a mass said by an uncharitable priest. Right. Put it that way.
1: Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, or, that, that's a good way of putting it. Because the mass, or an
0: uncharitable, the uh, primary actor of the mass is Christ. So, he's wrong in several ways here. Yeah. Uh, he's, it, he's, it's a really long, boring part. It takes a lot to even figure out what he's saying here. But it, no matter what he's those? saying, it's wrong.
1: <laughs> yeah. It, it's long. You just sit it's there boring, over and tedious. over it's trying like, to figure out... It's not out. even interesting, and yet he's and wrong, wrong in so many ways that you don't feel like you can let it go.
0: Yeah. Um, 38. sits. Since the gift of the mystery celebrated surpasses our capacity to know it, this effort certainly must accompany uh, the effort. He's talking about is um,
1: liturgical formation. Yeah, yeah,
0: must accompany the permanent formation of everyone with the humility of little ones. That the attitude that opens up into wonder. Oh, okay. This is the yeah. This is what you were talking about.
1: Isn't this the sense of mystery that he was like yeah criticizing before?
0: <clears throat> yeah, the sense of mystery is really a a, a more modern word. A, a more secular word might be curiosity. Mm-hmm. That's what comes out of the symbolism of the Tridentine Mass and is mostly gone. Vandalized in the Novus Order. I
1: think "vandalized" is a good word, and and it's it's interesting. You know, the, the humility of little ones. You know, this echoes Jesus's, "Let the children come unto me, unto me, for such as to them, or to such as them, is the kingdom of God." That's that sense of mystery. That's that sense of yeah. of wonder, of curiosity. I mean, that's why you know, what does a kid do? He can like completely frustrate you and wear you out not why? not why? when he's trying why? to be argumentative but right. when he's just being a child of just asking why again and again but why
0: um and the look the fact that they stripped away so much of the symbols the symbols that actually mean something uh that has led millions to stop wondering yeah they no longer question it because there's nothing to question. It's boring. And that is the plague that affects the the church today, both the laity and the ordained. All right, let's see. 39. Uh, okay, 39, the entire thing is... It's, it's all drivel. But he says there that... Um, only the action of the Spirit can bring to completion our knowledge of the mystery of God. This is where He talks about Only the completion of the, of the knowledge of
1: completion. the mystery, the knowledge we, of the mystery of God. For the mystery of God is
0: not a question that will never be complete.
1: Yeah, our, our, not our knowledge us. of the mystery of God is inexhaustible, even in eternity. That's that's what you know. I, I often wonder. That is you know, the nature eternity, of the human being. God built into us a desire to discover and a joy in discovery. Well, that's that's the promise of eternity that never ends.
0: Yeah, that's that's the beauty no of it. There's no sense of completion.
1: The completion is that we just... That's the
0: nature of human beings.
1: We get to keep going. That's the completion into God.
0: You know, and then he says the mystery of God is not a question of something to be grasped mentally but a relationship I, it is something to be grasped mentally or tried at it's just because yeah, it is a relationship is, doesn't take away from the the learning that we're supposed to do should we not learn about it is that what you're saying I think that is what he's saying and that's that's why uh, his writings, Don't ever make any sense.
1: Yeah. I mean, even your relationship with your wife is a mental one to the extent that it's not a physical one. I mean, even, I I mean, I, I think what he's trying to say is that it's not just knowing about God, it's knowing God in the way that you could read like a dossier about your wife and you could read her credit, you know, history and all of her actions throughout her life and her purchases, but that doesn't that doesn't come close to just knowing your wife. And I think that's what he's saying here. But at the same time, knowing your wife is a mental engagement with her. That yeah. that and very knowing, relationship um, is mental as opposed to say physical.
0: And knowing about her does help you to know her.
1: Yeah. You don't you don't part get of it. to know her without knowing more about her. Yeah, exactly. That's 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 a point. It's it's the relationship itself. It's not. It, it would be weird to say, "Oh, I have a deep relationship with this woman." Oh, okay. Well, what, what kind of food does she like to go out and eat? Well, I don't know. What kind of movies does she like? I don't know. What kind of you know books does she like to read? I don't know. What kind of music does she like? I don't know. You don't know. You know her, but you don't know anything about her. Yeah, that would be really weird. And
0: the thing is that he referred to before as the new spirituality. Well, that's what that is, is when people say, I know God. I just I just can't explain the Trinity or things like that. You yeah. know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I, I know this God relationship they don't know with God, about but him. I don't know anything about God. That's my spirituality. That's what that is. I'm, I'm, I'm just in relation to God. I don't have to know about him. I just am in relation to him. I think that's that is the the new
0: theology. Yeah, that's what the uh, Reformation gave us. Yeah, it's this new theology where we don't know anything and we write long, boring paragraphs that don't mean anything. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. I don't have anything for paragraph forty.
1: Me neither, and that might be a good place to stop. For this podcast, yeah,
0: yeah, because we did twenty, and that that we'll have twenty more next week, right? Because um, that's about where I stopped uh, interjecting in my notes. I have the rest. I have done my part of the interjections in the book up to this point. Oh, okay. So maybe I can get it done by next week. The, wow, the writing and the uh, so. most of the writing. Right. The writing of the first draft, and because I want to get the book out there fast.
1: Yeah, like this summer if possible.
0: Summer? Next month. <laughs> yeah, that is the summer. Yeah. Okay. I forgot how far the summer has we're, gone. We're,
1: we're well into uh, summer now, so.
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, good place to stop. Um, let's talk about current credits. events. Uh, let me close all these documents out. I got all this crap open. Um, So, okay, you know, I don't even know how... Shinzo Abe, or Shinzo Abe, the Prime Minister of Japan, was shot. Oh. The former Prime Minister of Japan, who does still have a lot of influence and power, was assassinated last week. Um, Did you... Did you see about that?
1: I did not. Shinzo kind of, Abe. Okay,
0: he's in a he's in a big crowd of people, um, and this guy comes up with a homemade shotgun and shoots him twice. Wow!
1: Him. So it's not like a sniper thing. He just walks right up to him.
0: Right now, this guy had they say had good diplomatic relations with both Obama and Trump. I think probably more Trump. But the thing about him is that he was. Majorly a nationalist.
1: Oh, Japanese he, nationalist.
0: Yeah, he wanted Japan to be a strong Japan, and he was in a lot of resistance to. I I think without I him, I
1: imagine that would honk China. I off. think
0: yeah, I think China is going to uh, be emboldened here. I think this wow. is part of China being emboldened.
1: That might be. I think even China's a China it. Uh, driven plot or so. So, what about the shooter? Yeah, Has he been I, apprehended? Was he? Or was yeah, he, he was. The
0: scene. He was right there. I, he's still alive, but nobody's saying why he did it. Um, but it's the, the assassination itself seemed kind of professional, except that the guy who did it's not going to get away. Yeah. You know what I mean? So um, it's almost like this guy knew what he was doing. Hmm. Um, well. So Personally, it, I'm not against there's a be some kind of nationalist conspiracy around
1: Japan as long as it's not a imperialist Japan.
0: Right. Um, he and Trump got along.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: So um, this is bad for Japan. It's probably, probably good bad for, China. for the world. It is probably bad for the world because Japan uh, is kind of at China's gate. There, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. As yeah. China takes over Taiwan. And, uh, Hong Kong, I, I would think the next step is Japan. Yeah. uh, Other than a bunch of these little islands, uh, which is how Japan once began to swallow up the world in, in their, uh, imperial structure. They, they took over these islands one at a time and got bigger and bigger. Um, did you hear about the Georgia Guidestones? Do you know what those are?
1: No. Georgia guide stones. Am I saying that right? Mm-hmm. No.
0: Yeah. Um, so these are these... Let's see. I don't know. It, it was sometime like in the 60s. Uh, a guy goes into Georgia, Mysterious, goes in and hires these workers to create these giant stones.
1: Oh, these like monuments.
0: Monuments with... Wording on them in, I think it was five different languages, and one of them was English, and it was basically a set of rules that humanity ought to follow. Um, a lot of them sound good. Some, I'll, let me say that again. Some of them sound good. Mm -hmm. Some of them, uh, people make the argument are outright satanic. The world should limit itself to I think 500 million people
1: <laughs> wow that's one of the rules that's satanic
0: so I don't know who's supposed to die here and I also know that the very first commandment given to man is to go be fruitful um, anything that frustrates that is uh, demonic at heart when you yeah. say we need to limit people
1: that's aside demonic. from
0: being stupid yep Yep. Yeah, uh, it's they, stupid, they, but it's
1: they, demonic. Absolutely, diabolical. All the,
0: all the population things, that they're bad, but uh, that is one of the things in these George guidestones. Well, um, I guess people were, people were coming, and you know there was vandalism and stuff because some people saw it this way, mm-hmm. and a lot of people didn't like them, so they had apparently cameras everywhere around the guide stones but last week there was a giant explosion in the middle of the night no one got hurt but it destroyed the English version of the stone
1: so was it like one stone had English and another stone had French or something like that
0: I I don't think it was exactly that because there are three stones and there are five languages I don't know how that is divvied up but um The English one was destroyed, and the explosion was big enough to damage the other ones. Okay. So that a construction crew came in and pretty much pulled the rest of it down.
1: Okay, wait a minute. Hold on, I'm watching this video. Where are these located?
0: Georgia, right outside of Atlanta, Georgia.
1: Are you watching? Like, I'm watching the video from Wikipedia. Uh, are they on the top of a hill?
0: Yeah, kind of. They're in the middle of a field. They're in the middle of nothing.
1: I know, but like I'm watching this video, and there's this curvature of this thing that they're on. That if it's not a hill, like if it's just the curvature of the earth or something like that, these things are like like huge, like bigger than the the yeah s- space yeah. needle and stuff.
0: Yeah, they're monuments. They're giant.
1: I know, but these are like they're- like like. Bigger than Mount Everest giant.
0: No, 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 no. That's Look at the Wikipedia. You can see a fence behind him. That's
1: what I'm saying. That must be on a hill. Go to oh. Wikipedia. You see the Wikipedia footage of the bombing?
0: No, I didn't see that. Go to that. Oh, okay. Hold on. Oh, this is a, a fisheye lens.
1: Oh, okay. Man, man. Heaven's sakes. Okay, okay. That's why that's like that. All right. So that curve yeah. is actually flat. All right. No problem. Go
0: up in Wikipedia <laughs> at the top... Go to the top picture of the Guidestones in oh, Wikipedia. Oh, I see. Yeah, it's like that. Picture.
1: Okay, I get it. I can you see can the see fence and everything. Center.
0: They're big. They're not... No. Yeah. They're not Okay, so,
1: they, so somebody blew up the English version of it, damaged yeah. some of the others.
0: Yeah. So they're they're tearing the rest down. They have other little Someone's things little like, like holes Like and Japanese slots and
1: Farsi that, and... and uh, looks like Chinese there. Yeah. Okay. Huh.
0: So, uh, in my opinion, this is a good thing. Um, yeah, anything, anything that, that destroys tells, the demonic
1: is a good thing.
0: Yeah. So, uh, okay. So, uh, you know, this actually happened just before we recorded last week.
1: Oh, really? I even we could have I even saw it. it.
0: I could have talked about this, but as I was writing the news, I saw that, and then I forgot about it as I was writing down other things um, so but yeah it happened like Thursday of last week okay um, governor of texas greg abbott authorizes the national guard to uh export the immigrants from mexico
1: to export to where
0: back to Mexico. Oh, so escort, okay, so not,
1: he, this is like a different one than of ice. where he was like putting them on buses and sending them to D.C. and stuff like that.
0: Right. He is now using them to get them back to Mexico.
1: All right. That's where they should stay.
0: Uh, we don't... I, I imagine there's going to be a court uh, judge telling him he can't do that and maybe it'll be a court uh, battle or... Maybe even an executive order. Who knows? Here's the Uh, thing about that. And
1: and this is is one of those things that I would hope that in every state this is the case. Regardless of any judge anywhere in the country, the governor of a state should be the commander-in-chief of the National Guard of that state. Period. No appeal beyond that. So if the governor says, I don't care what this judge said, here's what you do, the National Guard does it. I mean, obviously, yeah. they have to make, you know, like like they shouldn't commit what are obviously crimes against humanity, that kind of stuff. But regardless of, of laws and judges, if the governor says, here's what you do, you do it. And the National yeah. Guard infrastructure, that the the, uh, the chain of command in that state, should only report to the governor and not to any kind of national sense of chain of command. The governor himself, obviously, would take the full brunt of any kind of, like, criminal proceedings against him or anything for countermanding a judge's orders. But I would hope that any National Guard would be loyal to the governor, period, and nothing else beyond that.
0: I I hope. that's Right now, that's the way it's going. Um, Now, this is right after a whole bunch of officials... In all the counties uh, lining up the Texas-Mexico border got together and had a big press conference, which was not covered by most people, Mm -hmm. claiming we are in a state not just of emergency, we're in a state of invasion. Oh, right. Our counties are being invaded, and people have no idea how bad it is. And they were begging the governor for help in dealing with this invasion, this is the governor's response to that plea.
1: Okay. Well, the governor the is National responding Guard
0: specifically,
1: treats it that way. Then, yeah. And so that's you know, a good thing. That's I, and I can see that absolutely being true because you know that a good chunk of people crossing over a loose border like that are uh, agents of drug cartels are human sex traffickers or you know every kind of vile person that exists in the world is coming across there
0: yeah and and the ones who aren't vile are under the control of people who are yeah by by the way it's all designed that's how it is so the government of Honduras released a report stating that the deportation of Honduran Immigrants from Mexico and the US has increased by 84% during the first half of this year. So I guess they're saying you guys are sending more people back to us Back to
1: the Honduras. Than before. Okay. Yeah. And probably more Mexico than the United States. Because we have probably. this loose open border policy that Biden is enforcing.
0: Yeah. Uh, that, that the states are trying to Resist, but you know.
1: Yeah, isn't that one of the Supreme There's Force this weird power struggle that soon
0: sucks. Yeah. Um, authorities in Cuba say that they they're describing this fever, Dengue fever, has increased twenty one point seven percent from last year. This is a fever caused by mosquitoes, I think.
1: Okay. Yeah, I always associated um, it with it like Amazon River cute boats and stuff.
0: Oh, okay, so you've heard of it. Um, I'm gonna try to find this because I had something to say about this, but I can't remember what it was. Um, yeah, this is this is spread by mosquitoes. Um, I maybe it's my association with uh, I have this weird. For some reason, I'm associating this disease with
1: malaria. Yeah, because that's also spread by mosquitoes.
0: And I'm wondering if the fact that we took away hydrochloroquine has something to do with it.
1: Oh, that's a thought. Because you know, up until recent, up until hydrochloroquine became a possible treatment and prophylactic against COVID it was hailed as a wonderful very low um side effects prophylactic and treatment both both side before and after for various viral infections by our own including fda
0: malaria yeah and it was worldwide used to fight malaria
1: and now and so that it's become a bad word because it happens to be effective against COVID and nobody wants us to have stuff that's effective against COVID. Yeah. And
0: they're purposely frustrating the manufacturing of it. Hmm. Now, this that could weird very well other well disease. What's going and on? And they're saying that this is a bad situation there. So, that's what occurred to me as I was reading that. Huh. That would have occurred um,
1: to me immediately, too.
0: So the legal team representing Elon Musk files to claim to the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission to officially terminate his deal to purchase uh, Twitter. So he's trying to back out.
1: So the bottom line is that that he he was purchasing Twitter on the basis of the truth of certain claims about things like the number of followers, number of posts, number of tweets, and that kind of stuff. And I think what happened is that his team discovered that a lot of these numbers were inflated by bots. And that's the basis of his drawing out. He's like, you guys aren't nearly... You don't have nearly as many people, real brains, as you are claiming you have.
0: Yeah, so why should I pay all this money for a bunch of bots? You're only
1: worth a quarter of what I bid. Yeah.
0: Especially since now that that's been revealed... Advertisers are less likely to pour money into Twitter, yeah, knowing that so much of it is fake. Yeah. Um, now, Twitter is suing Elon Musk to try to force him
1: to proceed complete with the, the purchase. purchase.
0: Yeah, I I hope he's he prevails. Saying, no, they're saying yeah.
1: Um, I mean, it would be it. awesome. It, 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 apparently, he like decided that he's going to become a Republican. I guess he'd been a Democrat or something. Um, so, I don't even know. And so in that sense, it would be, oh, okay, yeah, you know, like now a Republican owns Twitter or whatever. But I hope he prevails because it will show the sham behind. And I don't think it's just Twitter. I think it's also Facebook and all the others. The The fact that they have these AI bots is sort of a sham. I think I think that's how they've been able yeah. to, like, control and kowtow um, the boards of directors of various companies. By showing, by uh, demonstrating a lot more popular support for various positions, whether it's the whole homo thing or the trans thing or whatever, than actually exists among American people. And and I think this highlights that.
0: Now, there are theories. One theory is that Elon Musk knew this all along and went through this entire charade just to expose it
1: I don't believe that
0: I kind of don't either there are other people who say that Elon Musk knew about it but the reason he went through this charade was to liquidate a lot of his stock so that he would have uh, more usable money Because mm. he, he sold off stock and things like Tesla and stuff to yeah, do
1: this I'm not sure I believe that
0: I don't know if uh, Elon Musk needs spendable cash, but... I mean Somebody okay. like Elon uh, Musk,
1: he doesn't need to do tricks like that in order to get cash to spend.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, KillNet, a Russian hacker group, launched the largest cyber attack in the history of Latvia, uh, targeting the country's public broadcasting uh, equipment and... Uh, software. Uh, they are saying that it was all repelled, so I don't know what the evidence of this attack there is, but there, Latvia is claiming Russia attacked them very hard. Cyber attacked. Uh, I don't, I don't know if we have any evidence of it happening, but, um, there's that. Now, President Zelensky dismissed a bunch of Ukrainians' ambassadors to Germany, India, Norway, and Hungary. I don't know if... So he fired a bunch of ambassadors. um, So is this like he's firing his
1: ambassadors to these other countries?
0: Yeah. Now he's acting like this is a normal thing that you replace ambassadors, but he's been president for a while... You yeah, think you'd think it would have found ambassadors that
1: are on board with his program, his approach to things.
0: It makes more sense that he's angry at them for some reason. Huh. Maybe this would be, I mean, he can't be very popular. The whole country's falling apart. Yeah. Being killed by Russians. So, um... Over 124,000 confidential documents are leaked. I guess on WikiLeaks. Uh... And they show efforts by Uber to lobby governments for preferential treatment. It's like I I don't know why that's an a eighth theory. of a million why, documents? Yeah. Why why would anyone think that Uber would not lobby governments for preferential treatment? I mean, of course they would every will. business.
1: The scandal customs. would be if the governments if, if government officials accepted payments
0: Gave it. in order yeah. to,
1: to give them that preferential treatment. That would be the scandal. That would be the scandal. Yeah. Not that they would lobby. But it.
0: all all businesses do this. Yeah. They they try to get treatment. If, if you, you have a significant
1: are- business, assume that they're trying to get some kind of preferential treatment out of your government. Period.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and the the successful most of the successful businesses are successful because they successfully do that. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of crony crap capitalism. That's that's what uh, Trump was trying to fight. So, But it's not like a big story. I mean, most of the um,
1: successful businesses on the, the national scale, yeah. lots and lots of small example, successful businesses don't do that. They just do it through hard work and, and responding to the needs of, of their local customers and that kind of stuff. But they don't grow to this right. national thing like Uber...
0: Yeah, or Target or, uh, Walmart or Amazon, <laughs> all of whom, uh, all of whom took advantage of a situation that killed, uh, many, many small businesses throughout the, well, throughout the world, really.
1: Yeah. Not the just the COVID United States uh,
0: lockdown. Yeah. Um, so Biden administration announces it will, purchase 3.2 million doses of the Novavax COVID-19 vaccine once the vaccine is approved.
1: Which would it be, I mean, manufacture is this Johnson & Johnson or Pfizer?
0: I don't know. Pifizer. It's saying Novavax. Nova, yeah. N-O-V-A-V-A-X. I, I think that's um, Pfizer. Okay. Wouldn't it be cool if you could make a product that, even if nobody in the world used, would still be purchased. You know? That would be awesome. Even if it was...
1: How do, how do I get in that mean, line? 3.2
0: million doses. Why is the government purchasing it? It's just... The whole thing is so evil. This whole deal. Um, and everybody knows it now. And there's no... Anyone who denies it is... They're just being an idiot. They, come on. Open your eyes, people. Um, lawmakers in Russia propose to extend the anti gay propaganda bill to all people regardless of their age. So, Russia uh, has these anti gay uh, bills that, I guess.
1: So, is this a bill that. Gays like, from funds trying to. Anti gay propaganda? Or is it a bill that's against gay propagandizing.
0: It's a It's against gay propagandizing.
1: We should have a bill like that.
0: We should have one. That would be so uh, good for America. It would help America a lot. Um, also, uh, Putin signed a decree extending the fast track process that Ukrainians can go through to get to become... Russian citizens. So I guess at first he had this uh, existing, and it only applied to the Donetsk, Mm -hmm. uh, the Donetsk and the Luhansk People's Republics. These are two breakaways from Ukraine. Putin Putin was allowing those people to become Russian citizens, uh, and now he's allowing all. Uh, ...Ukrainians to become Russian citizens. You know,
1: the only reason he's doing that is because he's learned... ...that a significant number of Ukrainians want to be Russian instead.
0: Right. If if that didn't exist, then it wouldn't matter if he did this. This wouldn't be a story. No. He could do it all... It'd be like if uh, England made it possible for United States citizens to become British citizens... That would be a non-story, yeah, because like, there so are what? no Americans <laughs> okay, who want Boris to become Russian. Okay, Boris Johnson, British. what
1: are you thinking? <laughs> but there's yeah, a bunch no, of
0: Ukrainians no. that want to become Russian. So...
1: You know, I, I keep thinking that that there's something going on here in Russia, because Putin, as we've said before, Putin is evil. But yeah. here's, here's the thing. He's not evil the way Stalin or Lenin was evil. He's evil the way... Al Capone was evil you see what I mean by the difference
0: yeah there's a big difference
1: and Russia as a country may I I mean I just feel like there's something going on here
0: yeah and uh, I would encourage people to go back and listen to our podcast on back when we did one on Fatima, Ukraine Mm -hmm. Russia and that whole thing when Pope Francis did the consecration, yeah, uh, we've got a lot of talk there. Uh, NASA released the first full color image taken by the James Webb oh, Space NASA, Telescope. Yes, was pretty cool, awesome images. Um, I didn't, I didn't dive into it real deeply. Um,
1: but look at all those galaxies.
0: Yeah, I know. <laughs> There's just it. It's mind boggling the the number of galaxies. In this tiny little pinpoint of space. We just look in one area, tiny little pinpoint, and we see billions of planets in these, inside these thousands of galaxies. It's
1: just so neat.
0: It's amazing. I've heard a, uh, accusation that the photo is fake because the stars in this photo show, I think, I can't remember how many um, street, you know, like the, uh, a twinkle in the star has rays to it. Oh, okay. And some people are saying there are too many rays for that to be real. But I looked at the telescope, and uh, they're wrong. <laughs> this, it does, I, I'm mentioning that because someone saw me looking at that and said, "Oh, you know, that's fake," because. There's only three mirrors on the telescope. I'm like, what are you talking about? There's
1: like 12 of them. <laughs> um, no, I, I, so that's one of the things. That mean, is a real photograph. That's NASA cool. just has some really neat stuff. Everybody should keep checking NASA's pictures out.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, so. There are people claiming that Iran will provide Russia with hundreds of drones along with the necessary training for them.
1: Um, Iran will provide training for drones to Russia? That seems backwards to me. That
0: seems kind of weird. Yeah, that seems that, real that's backwards. That's
1: an inverse inversion.
0: That just seems, yeah. That's what the na- U.S. National Security Advisor, Jake Sullivan, is claiming. Hmm. Interesting. I, I kind of don't believe that. Is he trying it's to weird. to like,
1: embroil us in another middle Middle Eastern conflict by saying that? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they've been
0: trying. They they tried to get Trump to go to war with Iran. Remember? Yeah.
1: yeah. Trump, Trump resisted. The they had that whole thing with the the uh, drone that was shot down, and he's like, "Okay, it was like, yeah. okay, it was a lot of dollars, but were human lives lost?" I'm like well, no, and he refused like, well, to attack. I'm not going to take human lives in response.
0: Yeah, that's very responsible. Uh, that you don't see a lot of presidents uh, portraying. It's, I, I think that was to Trump's credit. There, yeah, I, I think you're right. Though um, I think
1: this is this is an attempt to pull us into, in a a yeah, conflict in the Middle East.
0: Yeah. Um the euro's value against the US dollar falls below parity for the first time in 20 years.
1: I'm going to admit I don't know what that means.
0: I think that just means a US dollar falls below the euro's value against the US dollar falls below parity.
1: Does that mean that a dollar I, is worth more than a euro, or is that, or does that mean that a euro is worth more uh, than a dollar right now?
0: I don't know. <laughs> I and it, and is it a matter of their value now, or the value that maybe some kind of percentage? Okay, know?
1: here's here's the thing. You and I, I mean, like, okay, you read this, and we both like openly admit we don't know what this means. How many so people are reading it report this? <laughs> pretending that they actually know what this means.
0: I imagine a lot of news reporters will <laughs> do that. Uh, North Korea recognizes the independence of Donetsk and of, Luhansk of People's Republics. Donetsk. Who is... These this? these tiny little breakaways from Ukraine.
1: Oh, oh, okay. okay. So... So they're recognizing- Russian breakaways or... A- Anti-Russian breakaways,
0: anti-Ukraine breakaways. Okay, they're okay. not necessarily Russia
1: breakaways.
0: Yeah, uh, Russia and Syria both recognize these people. North Korea is the third country to recognize right. them as independent of Ukraine. Okay. okay. Uh, as a response, Ukraine suspends all diplomatic relations with North Korea.
1: Why would you have diplomatic no, relations Who with cares? North Korea? You know, North Korea is another yeah. country that it's like Kim Jong Un is evil, but not in the ideological way that that Stalin or Lenin was, but more in the thuggish way that Al Capone was. He's a is a, right. a an international stage Al Capone. You Even don't deal so with than, people uh, like that, Putin. but at the same time, you don't yeah. give them legitimacy. You don't worry about like what they. It's like saying oh Al Capone recognized such and such country you know so, so what he, he's a criminal he's a thug yeah,
0: yeah. um so a 20 year old woman who's considered a campaigner for human rights in Sudan Sudan is appealing to the high court she has been sentenced to death by stoning for adultery oh uh, this is the first case in nearly a decade um She's 20 years old and is considered a campaigner for women's rights. I have to wonder if she's only campaigning for women's rights because she got caught in adultery and is about to be stoned. It's like the... Yeah. It's it's, it's,
1: it's like Oh, wait, 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 wait. You can't stone me. I'm a campaigner for women's rights.
0: Women's rights. Women's rights. And really, it's just... I don't know. I'm not going to say it because I don't think we should stone women who
1: commit adultery. But... Um, no, but we should recognize the, the, the problematic yeah, aspect of adultery. That's the thing. I, I, I mean, as That's a, as a world, individual countries will do what they do. But we should, as a world, recognize marriage is a real thing and adultery is a real crime. Does that make sense? And
0: men are guilty of it as well as just women. As as That's actually, the problem with I this. think
1: men probably commit more adultery than women do.
0: Yeah. And I think in these backward countries, okay, she's being uh, sentenced to death by stoning for adultery. There had to be a second party there.
1: What about him?
0: Why aren't the men sentenced to death? That's
1: right. Why isn't he going to be stoned as well? That's what needs to happen. Exactly.
0: Yeah. So as a campaigner for women's rights, she ought to be appealing for the high court to stone the man as well. Yeah. But... I don't know what to say in a country like that. Knowing that you could get stoned if you cheat on your husband um, seems like something I wouldn't do.
1: I, mean, if I, I would know. Never cheat
0: like, <laughs> if I know. I mean, it's like, you it's know, like okay. Killed. I
1: know that this is the penalty for this for this act. I'm not going to do this act. <laughs> I, I don't know what leads to the decision to yeah. I'll risk getting yeah. stoned.
0: Yeah. She must have really loved this guy who is now leaving her to be stoned. Alone.
1: Without him. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Women. <laughs> all right. That's all the news I got.
1: All right. Well, I got a little bit of news. Uh, let's see. I'm going to.
0: Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. There was you got one
1: more? supposed to talk about
0: What was it? Something big happened this week. And I thought, oh, we got to talk about this. Oh, okay. A couple leaks. Uh huh. First of all, Biden, on Biden's, Hunter Biden's laptop, he had an iPhone and an iPod or iPad backup. So he had backed up his iPhone on his laptop, which was later uh, gotten a hold of by the FBI and all that. But the iPhone backup has now leaked. You can download it if you know how to get to use torrents, which I have downloaded. I haven't put it on anything yet, but uh, that has leaked. Uh, This guy's just so bad in so many ways. Um, And I think, if I understand it right, his nickname for Biden was Pedo Pete. Was what? I don't know why Pete. Pedo Peter. Why Peter? I think that, you know what? That story might be wrong. I better wait and see for myself. Yeah, we we need
1: to... I know that... I've heard a few things about the the whole Hunter Biden cloud storage thing. There's a lot there that's really, like, surprising and sick.
0: Yeah, it's it's really gross. This is... This is part of the crime family now running America into the ground. Uh, Including... You know what else I didn't... Uh, talk about is uh, Biden has decided once again to open up the oil reserves, but he's not giving it to Americans. He's giving it to China, to uh, Europe, and to someone else. Wait, who was it? Wait, are you Ukraine. serious? Ukraine. He's taking our reserves and sending them to China, Ukraine, and Europe.
1: You gotta be kidding.
0: No. And this is the second time he's done it. Well, I don't know about China with the time before, but it, it was like five million barrels. That's
1: like treason or something.
0: That is treason. That's absolute treason. He's. I mean, look, the Bidens know wow. that their time is done. As a crime family, they are sucking America oh dry, my gosh. and the And Demo- the Republicans are just—they're too scared to say anything. I, we've got the why? most worthless That's bunch of in the world. Why do we
1: have such in the world? such pansy baby ass republicans?
0: It's sad. And I don't know what to do about it. Well, you know, you know what? We don't what know, to know to what do to about do about it is it. pray. Keep praying. I mean, yeah.
1: you know, we, we do what we can um, within our station of life. But ultimately we pray and we remember, what's the the phrase? I don't remember the Latin of it, but the English is the heart of the king is in the hand of God. And of course it could mean God will turn, you know, God can turn the king to his purposes in terms of bringing about goodness and, and restoration and so forth. But in our world, it's like, okay, we might see that, that God allows the king in his evil designs to go so far in the wrong direction that even those who are not religious recognize that and we have a, a, a sort of directional change of course for the overall country for society and ultimately for the world
0: yeah <laughs> okay one more lead mm-hmm. and Okay, I don't I don't know if it's even a leak. The, a bunch of videos, official videos of the Valley uh, shooting, school shooting. Where is has this? Has come out. Uh-huh. Where is this? Um, I think it's on band. Hold on, Buddy sent me a, uh, a link.
1: I mean, is this, me is this the one in Texas or what?
0: Yeah, yeah, the one in Texas. Okay. This is on, you can find it on Rumble. I'll link to it in the show notes. Um it is the most disgusting thing you'll ever see in your life. Knowing that children are being shot while grown ass men wearing body armor, riot shields and uh ARs armed to the teeth are running from this guy Instead of towards him. Instead of going towards him. A huge group of them. Three of them chased him down a hallway. There are two shots, two or three shots in their direction. All three of them come running back and don't go back in for
1: over an hour. And there's kids in there. Yeah, and the kids are being shot. Oh my gosh. It would be, no way. This is so bad. the, this is what i this is what would fulfill my life if i were to get shot doing this i'm going to go after this guy yep. there's kids in there yeah this is so disgusting
0: and i i don't i don't know what to say i guess if you're one of the 50 guys towards the back and your commander is saying hey hang back don't go in i can kind of see how you're not you know, you don't want want to be the one guy to say, "I'm not going to do what you say. I'm going to go ahead and do this." But the because front line? maybe you're thinking, "I, I must not know something that these guys, other guys know." But the front line, three officers, all armed, all with body armor, run from the several shots that happened. That's just
1: cowardice.
0: Yeah, it's it's disgusting. Terrible. It is disgusting. I those three cops. Ought to commit suicide. I don't know what to oh say. Oh my gosh. I would never, ever want to be seen in public again. Oh my gosh. And no. they should reveal the identity of these cops. You know, I, I'm tired of this. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not going to be behind the police 100% like some of these weird Republicans who are flying those flags with the, uh, With the blue line on them. I'm sorry. No, no. Our cops have problems. Not like that.
1: These are not. It needs to be addressed. Support These these are not what we mean when we say support the blue line. The blue line is they're risking getting shot in order to save our kids.
0: But they didn't. Because there's an awful lot of cops who uh, are many. How would you describe it? They're cowards. Uh, many tyrants.
1: Okay, let me ask you this. So, I, I, you've you had more direct interaction with both Cheviot and Cincinnati cops than I have. I have not had, like, zero interaction with them. Other than, yeah. like, maybe a conversation at a, a skyline or something. Yeah. Just Cheviot and Cincinnati, what percent of cops do you think would have said forget this, I'm going to save the kids, versus, yikes, I'm going to save my own ass.
0: I don't know. I I don't think a very high percentage.
1: That's awful.
0: I really don't. I don't know, and I I hesitate because I live in Cheviot and in Cincinnati, and if any Cheviot or Cincinnati cop heard me say zero, uh, I'm sure... Because there's got to be some. Point. But there has to be some who would say yeah, I'm going in. Especially out of the three who were there on the front line yeah. and turned and ran. But I I just
1: Oh my I don't know. You know, I, they're hey, awful, cops, I'll tell you this. If any policemen are out they're there, they're awful brave. This, you you have got to, to show yourselves ready to put yourselves on the line for the communities that you represent. Cause so that's what you're training to do. No, that's, that's what, what your training to to tells you to do. And if you do Here's that, the thing. your communities will be 100% behind you. Yes, you might, you might suffer injuries. You might lose your lives, but we'll take care of your families. That's what you're paid to do. That's what you're, it's not a matter of payment, like a monetary kind of transaction. It's that, it's that transaction of trust between the community and the law that comes into play there.
0: Here's the thing, um all cops are very brave when dealing with uh white middle-class Americans
1: cuz they know they're not going to shoot back at them,
0: you know? Yeah. But um I don't know. I I see a lot of cowardice and I I don't know. I just maybe some of it's part of the system where cops are not allowed to go pester criminals but they're allowed to go pester uh, the middle class. You know, the people who have something to lose cops are right in your face then. That's been my experience my entire life. Well, all right.
1: you know what guys, That's I mean, all of you my know, I'm not in favor of the uh, what do they call it? Defund the police movement? Defund, yeah. But I'm also, I, I mean, hey, cops... we got to reform the cops. Yeah, you've, you've got a lot of... It needs to be reformed. Of change to put into place.
0: Yeah. Alright. So, now, your news.
1: Alright, my news. Okay, so... Alright. <laughs> so, you know that uh, Garfield... Uh, um, the, the what is it Garfield goes on vacation or Garfield goes to Hawaii or whatever oh yeah crone, I remember that chrome
0: <laughs> yeah I do remember that
1: <laughs> well apparently an American tourist he was trying to like take a selfie or something like that and he fell into a volcano Mount Vesuvius
0: ow oh. that's a that's a big fall there <laughs> <Yeah>. so, <laughs> it was a sacrifice was he trying um, to sacrifice
1: himself on the part of the you know on behalf of the people or what I don't know
0: <laughs> what were they sacrificing in Garfield were they sacrificing Odie or something no 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 no, no. Was it was that? it
1: was the chief's daughter remember?
0: Oh, that's right. And, and, and it kept blowing her back
1: until the car went in with, with Odie and John or whatever. And but Odie and John happened that's to right. cling to the sides or something like that. Yeah, and they
0: thought they were gods.
1: You know, I'm gonna have to watch that again. That that was just a, a fun I mean, I don't even like Garfield. I remember that, that was a fun I don't either. a fun little short.
0: But I, I do remember that. Part. And oh, the guy wow, that was Evo. supposed to
1: be the the mechanic, um.
0: oh yeah, <laughs> I, I I remember him, but I don't remember about him. He's <laughs>
1: like, you gotta get this car And He's like, he's like, like taps on it and chants some booga booga. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: right. <laughs> I may have to find that and download it.
1: I think I I think I have the download. I put in fact I um I used a uh, a conversion program to like make it right for my Roku to put it on my local server. I'll yeah. I'll send it. I'll send what I have to you.
0: Yeah. Yeah, send. <laughs> anyway, it
1: so me. God, like people like that. search uh, Garfield goes on vacation or something like that and you'll you'll be able to find it and. And uh view it. It's it's just a fun cartoon. <laughs>
0: you know what? I, I don't think there's anything illegal about putting a link to a torrent.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Publishing a torrent. I'll, I'll see if That's I can find the, tor- the original torrent for you, and you can put the link on.
0: Yeah, yeah. I could do that. Okay. Don't think that you can go to the show notes and click on that link, and it will download the movie. That's not how it works. Right. You have to understand torrents in order to use it. So uh, do a little research into torrents, and then you'll be able to download the movie from the link that I provide. Okay.
1: All right, next. So there was, like, I've seen a couple of videos that were just pretend videos of, like, an airplane landing on a highway. But apparently this actually happened. So a Florida man, he He wants to be a commercial pilot, and he decided to show his skills in an emergency where he landed one of those, like, tiny aircrafts on a road in North Carolina. Missing cars and power lines as he touched down. Well, okay, that's impressive. He didn't, like, destroy any property. That's
0: impressive, but it sounds kind of...
1: I'm trying to see what kind of plane he was flying, whether it was a Cessna or something else.
0: But did he... Did he fake the emergency, or and and he was just showing
1: off? No, no, no. I I think it was a real emergency. He was flying the plane when the aircraft began to lose engine power. He was checking out land he had purchased near a lake. His father-in-law was also aboard. There was no nowhere to land. I think I told him I loved him and I was sorry for putting him in the situation. Uh, his father-in-law responded that he loved Fraser and did the best he could, and from there on, I was just like, game on, let's get down alive.
0: (laughs) Okay, well, I remember when, uh, I can't remember which, one of the channel, uh, traffic copters had to land in the median on 275, Mm -hmm. out by Forest Oh, so, a big old helicopter had to make an emergency landing on the highway. Yeah,
1: wow. But Did you see that or just see the news about it?
0: I didn't see it. I just saw the news about it. But I imagine when you're flying around and something goes wrong, you got to land,
1: you know? Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I would You're going to land
0: somehow. It's either safely or not safely.
1: I would recommend to our listeners that they go watch the movie Sully. S U L L Y. Um, It it stars Tom Hanks, who I'm not a tremendous fan of, um, but it is based on a true story. And they do a pretty good job of dramatizing the event of the true story that happened. It was a uh, situation where an airplane had taken off from, from some airport in New York Hit by a bunch of birds. The engines went out. He had to make like some really quick snap decisions. Ended up landing in the Hudson River or something like that. Yeah. Everybody on board survived. And yet there was this attempt by the NTSB to kind of claim that he was somehow liable for the loss of property and and. I guess, monetary wow. damages. Yeah, it's like, wait a minute. I saved everybody. Um, anyway, it, good movie. I recommend people to watch it. It's called Sully.
0: Okay. Um, I have to...
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I hate flying. I have to fly this weekend. Oh, you're
1: going to fly this weekend?
0: Well, I'm not going to fly. I'll be in a plane that flies. Well, yeah. Um, yeah, I got to go to San Francisco.
1: Oh, all the way out to San Francisco. Uh, Okay, I want you when you either when you approach or when you leave. Is it going to be at night or during the day when you approach or leave? Uh, I don't know. Okay,
0: I haven't even looked at my either
1: one. I left San Francisco during the. I approached it at night, but one one time I had to fly out there, and on the on the uh, on leaving it, it was during the day and when i looked down from the airplane window i got to see the whole city of san francisco and it was so weird it looked like a child a very skilled child stacking his blocks in like a like a very yeah straight array of blocks like all the buildings of san francisco looked like child's blocks being stacked it's like they were I- tall enough like, like super tall, to be recognized as blocks yeah. individually, but they were so close together that it looked like they had been very carefully placed by a child to avoid falling and knocking each other over. It was a weird kind of experience to see that.
0: I'll see if, see if I can see if, see that, if you can get I that same that sense. I get a window seat because I never get window seats. But
1: oh yeah, that's you got to have so a window see- seat to see that. That's true.
0: Yeah. I hope I get yeah. one.
1: It's it's worth if you're going into or out of San Francisco.
0: Okay. I will look at that.
1: All right. So, you know, I Didn't we do a one before on a guy who was trying to escape the police on a riding lawnmower?
0: No, it was a chick.
1: It was a what?
0: Uh, it was a chick who stole the riding lawnmower woman. and a whole bunch of other stuff. Yeah. And she was There are pictures of her, and yet they're still looking for her. At least they were when we were talking about her. Oh,
1: okay. Well, this guy was caught. It was a dude, not a chick. And um, he was trying to escape on a riding lawnmower. I I guess he was uh, like the sheriff. This is in uh, Florida, by the way. Okaloosa County uh, Sheriff's Office said it was Sheriff's Office. Did I lose you? No. Okay. Said it was... Said it was trying to serve arrest warrants on the 40-year-old man. Found him on the mower in the backyard. They shouted at him to stop. And he tried to escape on the mower. Like, really? Wow. You're on a riding lawnmower? (laughs) You're going to try to escape cops? Well, they chased him on foot. (laughs) Finally used the... Like, by walking? Used the taser on him. And and then when he was finally caught... uh, they found him... He had on him a revolver, a handcuff key, and a pipe with methamphetamine residue. I guess that means he must have been like... What do you do with methamphetamine? Is it smoke or... Uh, I don't know what the well, right word yeah, is. You, anyway, you he was doing good. whatever okay. it was. So,
0: he had a pipe with that he had used to smoke meth. Okay. And that made him think that he could outrun the cops
1: <laughs> riding on lawnmower. a super fast <laughs>
0: lawnmower. <laughs> Where they simply had to walk behind It's him. like, okay.
1: Uh, <laughs> how, how long are we going to do this before you, we just tase your ass? <laughs> That's
0: one of those, like, the, the uh, uh, O.J. Simpson <laughs> chase scene. Which was, they had a spoof of that on one of the Seinfeld episodes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> where all the news is seeing this chase scene where they're going like, Thirty miles an hour down the highway, a whole bunch of cops are following him, and it's like, "Dude, you're not getting away." What are you
1: doing? Just pull
0: over, for heaven's sakes! But on a lawnmower, it's like they got—he's not even enclosed. I in know. It's all like, they do is just. I'm, I'm running with from the taser. him. taser.
1: When they say? If him dude. on foot, they meant they walked alongside of him.
0: Yeah, yeah, they said they chased him on foot before using the taser, but the chase was just kind of walking behind him. So, okay, gonna, guys,
1: are we done with this Should we can just we grab him? use the taser?
0: Should we just grab him or use the taser? What do you think?
1: Oh, let's use the taser.
0: Yeah, that way if he's got a, a revolver and a handcuff key, we can get those from him before... Uh, he uses them on us. What a doofus! <laughs> Meth makes you do some weird things. I guess. You
1: know? I don't know. I, I've never been on that. <coughs>
0: <laughs> Crazy.
1: <laughs> all right. My last one. Okay. I I know you do not like um, what's his name um, Ben Ben Stiller right. because he in all of his movies he plays a character that just lies, period. Playing out lies.
0: Yeah. And he does. I agree. And he has a way he does have a way of making it kind of funny, the fact that he's lying. And it's it just seems like that's the only character he can play is a guy who lies. And I'll admit he does make it seem kinda of funny, but to me that's not
1: this, a good Yeah, thing. no. But 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 okay. I enjoyed Night at the Museum. And I actually okay. enjoyed Night at the Museum, too, as well. Anyway, this this is not Night at the Museum, but it's kind of like it. So, apparently, a in Nevada, a couple was found um, living in a museum with their... Uh, four, it's a, uh, I'm trying to see if it's one or two children. I think it's two children. One of them was two years old, and he was spotted walking nearby unsupervised. And so, this is in Carson City, uh, Nevada. Or, yeah, Carson City, Nevada. This is weird. Because the... Okay, with a sheriff, you, okay, g- you he, generally associate a sheriff with a county, right? Yeah. But this says the Carson City Sheriff's City Office.
0: Sheriff's Office.
1: Anyway, That's it said it. It, it's not the first time the police interacted with the man over his child being left alone the toddler's older sister gave deputies the museum as their address. And it turns out that they were, oh. like, I think that, like, the, the mom or dad was was actually working at the museum, but they were also using it as a place to live with their two kids.
0: Okay. So they were...
1: Uh, and, I mean, they were meth heads and stuff like that. Or yeah. at least uh, weed heads, marijuana joint. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, used marijuana joint, that's like, that's nothing. Drug paraphernalia like yeah. a bong and a used marijuana joint. That, that almost seems like nothing.
0: Yeah, that's kind of. Uh,
1: they they did find trivial. some you know some weapons or whatever. Okay, whatever. But it's like, okay, kids, we're gonna live in a museum for. How do you do that to their kids? That's what what I'm trying to understand.
0: I guess if you just can't get a place to live, but they the the couple has since been fired and the museum closed. Could it be? That they were live-in caretakers that walked through the property and saw signs people had been living there. Or is it possible that the museum was actually closed anyway? Otherwise, how would you get away with living there? I mean, oh, they were managers. Yeah,
1: they worked there.
0: Of the museum. Okay. And they were living there. Yeah. Okay, so the um, guy
1: was a janitor and his wife was a museum manager. And she, she was living living there with him.
0: Okay. And Okay, wait a uh, minute. Okay. Here's, the, well, here's what's interesting.
1: The couple has since been fired and the museum closed. Why? Why?
0: I don't Why know. Why would the
1: museum be closed just because somebody who worked there... they don't there have anyone to manage was, it. I mean, if it's like, okay, this person was living there... We'll move them out and allow people to to resume using the museum to, you know, visit the exhibits and that kind of stuff. But why close it? I don't get that at all.
0: Children's Museum of Northern Nevada. I wonder how big it is. Uh, It's a pretty small thing. It looks like a small place.
1: What kind of museum?
0: It's Children's Museum of Nevada it basically oh. it's like practically one room okay and it's got yeah it's pretty tiny well,
1: so case, i
0: guess it was a tiny museum and it was like okay you manage it and they lost their house uh hey i i have sympathy with people who have lost their place to live and don't know where to go okay but t- they're like well let's move into the
1: Le- Leximoto, how do you even say her last name? Leia Tsuchimoto, who works at a nearby hotel, told the TV station that she will never take her children there again. Here's, the entire ordeal <laughs> Okay, has been a complete shock, he said. She said. What does that mean? So, okay,
0: picture this. Um... Have you been to the Cincinnati Children's Museum?
1: The one downtown with the the uh, Union Station? Yeah,
0: at the Union Terminal. Union Terminal, yeah, yeah. Okay, so basically, there's a museum, but then there's the Children's Museum, which is really just a big playground. Yeah, that's all mm-hmm. it is. It's a neat playground. That's all it is. That look, it looks like that's what this museum was. It's a place to take the kids and let okay. them play all day. So, so, you find
1: out that somebody was living there. Somewhere in
0: one of these rooms, somebody was living and there. And
1: you say, Oh my gosh. That I don't think I can ever take my kids there again.
0: I guess in the area that they were living, there were some things that you wouldn't want a kid to have access to. But it's not like.
1: It's not like the public I doubt kids that those had things were available
0: to, to kids. Yeah, it was just those people. I think
1: this is an overreaction. I mean, it, it, it's weird.
0: Yeah, it kind of sounds it's like weird, it.
1: It's weird, but I think like some of this is an overreaction.
0: It sounds like maybe that's the case.
1: In fact, is some of this like a reaction to the whole you know, the the, the whole government It's really
0: reaction to the whole
1: guns. Government COVID they had bang. guns there. I mean, yeah, they had guns. That yeah. that was weird. The fact that they had guns and tasers, that was weird. It's yeah. like, okay, you you get a get a real place for yourself and your family, and then go get guns.
0: Yeah. Well, um, you know, I don't know. The first, my, I, I we've not we went to the children's museum like. Maybe twice, but I think only once. Mm-hmm. And um, Sam, Samuel has a reputation, has his whole life had a reputation for being rather
1: clumsy. Um, <laughs> he the, he's the, the one will, that fell up the stairs for five minutes.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. He tried to. He was. They had these giant escalators. I mean, they are long escalators. And he. Got on it and started going down. He got all the way to the bottom. I'm like, Sam, get back here. We're not going there. So instead of going to the up escalator, he just turns around and starts walking up. He gets like three steps into it before he falls. It was like forever. He just kept trying to get back up and come up those escalator stairs. And he couldn't make it. But he kept falling down and getting back up and trying to go up again. I'm like, Sam, stay there, Sam. I'm yelling at him because it, it's it's not... I can't just be there. I have to run all the way down these stairs to get a hold of him. <laughs> to because to guide he just him back kept up. falling up the stairs. <laughs> he fell up those steps for five minutes. You know, the like, th- I, I had to buy... <laughs> no, just... just.
1: I'm going to tell a story about Sam. Uh, you Play can You Sam. can cut this if you want, but... He, um, I was uh, at a family party recently. I was talking to mom and Sam has, I know you don't particularly think is, is funny, but the movie, um, what's up doc with, uh, Ryan O'Neill and, uh, who's the girl? Um, Barbara Streisand. Yeah. Anyway. So there's the one guy who is the, the sort of, uh, st- stuffy. Uh, guy, uh, human Hugh, Hugh Simon.
0: Yeah, with the stones. Yeah.
1: Okay. So anyway, I was at the the party uh, a couple weekends ago. I was with mom, and I said, "Hey, you know who mom? You know who Sam reminds me of when he's clowning? Because Sam kind of likes to clown a little bit, you know." I said, yeah. "He looks like Hugh Simon to me." And mom kind of looked at me like, "What are you talking about?" And then she looked over at Sam on the dance floor. And I saw her eyes kind of, like, change. I said, you saw it, didn't you? She said, I really wish I could unsee it.
0: <laughs> Do, what, what, was he dancing with Gus at the time? I
1: forget. I mean, I don't know if he was dancing with Gus or just kind of, like, dancing with everybody else out on the floor. But he was he was obviously clowning, and he was just having fun. And yeah. it's just, like, he, <laughs> he had this look like this... The look on his face just reminded you of Hugh Simon. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, those of you who, who have never watched it, go watch What's Up, Doc. It's it's worth, you know, one watch at least.
0: Yeah. Um, I have a video of him at that party uh, slow dancing with his brother, Gus. <laughs> <God. laughs> they were clowning around the whole Oh, time. yeah, just They'd completely
1: clowning. <laughs> He's a funny kid. All right. Uh, that's all I got. Okay. Family, family uh, night at the museum in Nevada. I don't have anything else beyond that.
0: Holy cows. Uh, we started early, but we still finished pretty I late. I know.
1: It's like we're, we're, we're three, three and a half, and a half hours half in. Hours, and it's after 11 o'clock.
0: I thought, all oh, good. I'll get some sleep Never mind that. Because i got to go to Louisville tomorrow. No, guess mm-hmm. not. I was hoping to have this out by tomorrow so that I could listen to it uh, on my drive down to Louisville. But I guess that ain't happening. Wow. So, um, well, folks, think about what we said. And as always... Circle the beads.
1: We need it.
0: We will see you next time. Bye,